Okay, big mate. My boots off. No, leave your just don't because they're making a ton of noise right now. Hey guys, brand new podcast. Do you like how that one started out with a little bit of reality in it? Isla Grace Kreischer's in the man cave with Leanne Kreischer, my uh, God. my tour manager extraordinaire. <laughs> I think Joe's the tour manager. Body Shots World Tour kicked off this week and was absolutely explosively fantastic. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And you know I said it a hundred times from stage. Portland, Seattle. Calgary and Vancouver. Honestly, eight of the best shows I've ever had in my life. It's pretty amazing. It was, and and it go, it starts back up again tomorrow or tonight for you, I guess. If you listen this Wednesday in Toronto, Wednesday one show, Toronto Tuesday two shows. Thursday, Thursday. Hey, yeah, going backwards in time. <laughs> Toronto Thursday two shows. Indianapolis, Saint. No, Ottawa, Indianapolis, St. Louis. That's right. Then we've got Albany, Wednesday, Albany, Thursday, Foxwoods? What's, what, what's the casino? I believe doing? that's right. It's Foxwoods, I believe. Is it? Yeah, it, it, Foxwoods is the name of it's the casino. It's Nashmantucket. Mashnantucket. Mashnantucket. Friday and then Saturday and Sunday at Boston at the Wilbur. Four shows. Okay, Dad, yes. repeat that because I did not understand anything and probably most of the other people didn't. No, actually, they did. You didn't because you don't know what I'm talking about. I do. No, because you weren't listening. You weren't paying attention. I am. Uh, I'm doing shows, Isla, on my Body Shots World Tour. Do you know what that is? Yes, of course I do. You've been talking about the trailer all week. It's not a trailer. It's a tour bus. (laughs) Are you going to come out and party with me on the tour bus one weekend? Yeah. Which one? Do it while you're out of school. Yeah. You should come with me for like this, for like a whole week. And be like, vroom, vroom. you would love it, Isla. You would love it. You would love it. Isla. You would absolutely love it. It might can be I up conquer your alley. the bunk beds. Yeah, you can sleep in one of the bunk beds. We got six bunk beds. I love this tour bus. I'm so in love with it. I'm buying I a tour know. bus. It is a little bit ridiculous. How it's much? It's so nice. I watched Saturday night. Uh, I was watching, or sun was it sun Saturday night? I was watching the Rams. Yeah. In Calgary, I was watching them on my tour bus. I had dinner out my tour bus, walking into the venue to do a sound check, back out to the tour bus. It really has changed. Sugar and I, Tommy and I have been talking about it. It changes the way you tour. It makes touring so doable because all your stuff's traveling with you. So you are not going to get one bad show out of me this year. They better this, not. This is... No excuse. I'm, there's no excuse. I have. I am focused. I'm dialed in and I'm so happy. Good. I'm the happiest I think I've ever been. Good. Are you happy, Isla? Yes. Considering the teachers are striking? Yes. And you don't have school? Yeah. No homework. No homework. No homework. No No classwork. Isla got some sexy clothes today. No, I did not. No, they are not. Don't do that because then she won't wear them. She got really cute clothes. She did. Yeah, they're really cute. They are not sexy. They're not sexy. They are cute. They're boys clothes. We have a bat mitzvah this weekend. For mm. those of you who are in Vancouver, you Shout are aware of that. Shout out to Sasha Turbo. But um, we had to buy a dress for the bat mitzvah. And boy, Isla knocked it out of the park. So did Georgia. Georgia's oh, outfits look great Beautiful, too. yeah. Oh, she looks skimpy. I can't. Skimpy? Mm-hmm. No, I don't think she looks skimpy. I can't wait to it's hang a, with you guys in February. It's a long dress. That's not skimpy. Oh, no, the top part. Oh, God. I know. I guess yeah. we got to start planning the Super Bowl party, don't we? Yep. Big Super Bowl party. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Go Rams, Lucy. Go Rams. I got to get my famous margaritas ready. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, we make mar- I make margaritas every Super Bowl and one particular camper likes them a lot. Is that and Eric? gets a little Isla. And that's why I was trying to keep it anonymous. Oh, I just remember every year he just goes like, hey guys. <laughs> he, gets, he, gets, he gets drunk. He gets a little happy on Super Bowl Sunday, doesn't he? A lot he? happy. It's my, it's, my, it's my margaritas. I might have gotten in trouble. He might have gotten in trouble more than once because of my margaritas. So, but I still make them every year. Congratulations are in order as well. My wife, Leanne Kreischer, released her... 52nd podcast. I did. I know. 52. One full year of podcasting. Congratulations, baby doll. Thanks, babe. Thanks, babe. Yup. You proud of your mom, Isla? It actually comes out next week. Comes out next week. Okay, it's next Next week. week. It's next week. Are you proud of your mom, Isla? Yeah, I saw on the the tour, on the trailer thing. that The tour bus is not a fucking trailer. The trailer. So there was on the back, it said, Wife Otupata. Uh-huh, Wife Otupata. Wife Atupata. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Leanne put her, we have the tour bus wrapped with all my um, body shots, logos, and tour dates, or, or whatever, Netflix, and the whole bus is wrapped with my ch- shirtless body, That's and then on the back. Scary. Wife of the party. Wife of the party. But you keep telling people that I did that. I didn't do you that. You did do that. No, I didn't I thought you did that. it. Who no, did it? I did not do that. Reg did that. Oh, for real? Reg did it and sent us the the proof for the bus wrap. Oh, I liked it. Wrap. I think it's cute. And then I responded by, I don't think Wife of the Party should be on the back of the bus. It's, it's a Body Shots World Tour. It's, I have nothing to do with this tour. My podcast has nothing to do with it. So I think you should put Body Shots on the back. No. And you responded and said, no, I want it on the back. And so I was like, okay. People kept coming up to me at your shows going so you put your podcast on the back of the bus and i was like no i actually i didn't i actually said no but they didn't listen so can i read your thing i have my glasses on no no not at all oh today's podcast is brought to you by butcher box uh butcher box is fucking fantastic it really is amazing. what it is is it's basically roughly 10 pounds of meat delivered to your door cutting out the middleman it goes straight to you. I love anything that cuts out a middleman. Me too. It's one of my it's one of my problems with Hollywood is there's so many middlemen yeah. that they just clog it up. What does that mean? Uh, it's it, it's basically like if I said to you, hey, it's like a game of telephone with with merchandise. Like if you told Georgia to tell me something, Georgia's the middleman. Yeah. Instead of just telling me something, if you tell Georgia something to tell me then you've she's the middleman and the markup that you'd get through a middleman is ridiculous you don't get that markup right with this this is high quality meat hard to find those kind of the pieces the people that live in big cities this is the kind you find at the expensive supermarkets i won't say their names but they're right across the street from us yes these prices are impossible to beat not impossible to beat probably just really hard 100 grass-fed uh and finished beef free-range organic chicken heritage breed pork it is super convenient delivers to anywhere in the 48 states right to your door on dry ice and now i am so fucking excited to announce yeah that they have added a protein no yes what is it sockeye salmon baby no yes wild pure sustainably harvest sockeye salmon from bristol bay alaska you can tell because it's got that rich color yeah. that real salmon has. It's not beautiful. Not factory farmed crap. They've done it by, uh, they do this like six week 
uh, fishing period over the summer. Yeah. And they go through and they clean out all the breeding beds after all the breeding beds have been maxed out. And uh, it's the best catch of the year. Nice. And guess what, cool. guess what, guys? You ready for this? I'm ready. New subscribers will receive two pounds of free wild-caught salmon plus $20 off their first box by going to butcherbox.com. Are you kidding? I, that's, I'm fucking... I got a letter from the president. I swear to God. This is what he said. Loving your reads, and I want to thank you for the Instagram shout-out. That was great. As far as the reads go, you need no coaching. The last one rocked. I trust you. Give you the free reign to say anything you want. Thank you, Dan. Nice. Because this is the greatest. This is two free pounds of wild-caught salmon. That salmon we had, I'm telling you right now, new subscribers received two free pounds of wild-caught salmon. And I think he sent it to us already. Yes, we have it. We we cooked it already. $20 off their first box by going to butcherbox.com slash Bert. That's butcherbox.com slash Bert. Get your two pounds of free wild-caught salmon plus $20 off. You can do, I think you can do like three different types of boxes. Just giving you a heads up. You can do five different types of boxes. You can do all beef. You can do beef and chicken. You can do beef and pork, the mixed box, and a custom box. We'll let you pick your own cuts. I'm telling you, the price is just $129 a month, which is less than, works out to less than $6 a meal, and the shipping is free. Personally, I love having a fucking freezer filled with meat. It just makes me feel comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. The apocalypse go down, and we are all eating protein for a month. Let me tell you something. This is ground zero in the apocalypse for the campers. We've oh, already yeah. discussed, because my house has a freezer full of meat and a pantry full of cans. <laughs> I'm we do have a freezer full of fucking meat. I love having a freezer full of meat. And a pantry full of cans. We pulled out some of Butcher Box's chicken the other day. Yep. And uh, had it on... That when I did that Molly Boz mm-hmm. um, salad, it was delicious Caesar salad. That chicken was phenomenal. It was. I cooked the bacon all and the time. And it thawed out. It thawed out in like two hours. It did really it fast. It thawed out really quick. It thaws out a lot quicker. So fill up your freezer with uh, with some butcher box. It's guys. great to just have it in the freezer. I did. I just made uh, meatballs with their um, ground beef, and it's all grass fed. It's really great product. This podcast is also brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You know it's smart. Kicking off 2019 by planning out which roles your business needs to hire for. Figuring out who you need to hire to take your business to the next level in 2019. You know what else is smart? Starting off the new year by going starting off the new year strong by going to ziprecruiter.com slash Burkcast to hire those people, the right people to take you to the next level in 2019. Unlike these other shit, job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. It's powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to identify the people with the right skills, right education, and right experience. Then it actively invites them to apply for your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is ranked, rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. If you love this show, please show your support and go to ZipRecruiter. Go to ZipRecruiter, use it, and go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. That's ZipRecruiter, 
dot com slash b-e-r-t-c-a-s-t that is ziprecruiter.com slash burtcast isla ziprecruiter dot net no isla way to confuse the buyers no ziprecruiter the smartest way to hire this podcast is also brought to you by withings i am fucking on it i am telling you that right I'll be on it. I'll be on it all night. I'm on it. I'm going to be on that scale. I just bought an extra one. Yep. I just got their watch. Yep. I am full-blooded withings. Okay. Yep. I've got the one scale, the body plus in the ear, and I've got the body plus in the bus. Yep. I just switched out watches yep. to the... Which what? is a big statement. This is a really big statement. <laughs> I kind of like this. It's a nondescript Swatch it's, Watch looking I love watch. it. It doesn't look like a Swatch Watch. It's, no, but I like it. It's like it's just like a cool watch. It looks to me, at first glance, like those cool watches that had the moon phases on them. Remember those that were yeah. so cool? That's what it looks like at first glance. I paired it with my phone today. You did? This is the Steel, HP Steel. I think so. I forget which one I have. Anyway, I paired it with my phone today, and it was fun as shit. It was why? Because my phone, uh, you set it on your phone. So you move the hands by oh, moving no the dial on your phone. And so I'm watching it. The t- It said it was 10 o'clock. It said it was 10, 10 a.m., and it was actually like 4 o'clock. And so I set it, and I'm like, wait, it's not moving. It's not moving. And all of a sudden, it goes, thank you. Your watch is being set. And I looked, and the hands just went to the place. That's cool. Yeah, you can add workouts by holding down the button. You find a different workout. I need to put my glasses on to see this. Yeah, Holy shit. Club. Um there's running, swimming, cycling, walking, Uber, other Uber <laughs> <and> exit. <laughs> it's uh it's really a cool watch. It's a good looking watch. It's subtle. It's not super Tuesday the fifteenth, five forty nine PM. I really like the watch. And I love the scale. I love the scale. I love technology to track weight loss. Yeah. One of the things this does, this scale will give you your body mass index. It will give you your uh, percentage of muscle, percentage of water, your percentage of body fat. It keeps your weight and it tracks it. And it also kind of like uh, like uh, re- gives you like a, a tracking device for yourself because all that info goes up on your phone. Right. And I absolutely love it. I bought two of them. So I got one given to me by the company, and then I bought their watch and bought their scale. I'm all in on Withings. And here's the offer for you. I think you can do it too. Lose new, lose some weight this New Year's with me on your Withings scale. Post pictures of you on your Withings scale. Tag me on Instagram. I'm dying to see it. I will be honest. I will go weigh myself right now. I will put it on Instagram. If you are getting this podcast within by 5 o'clock on Wednesday, you can go find out how much I weigh. It was 246 the other day. Yeah. And that really fucking bummed me out. Yeah. And that's where I started. And that's when Withings just showed up at our house. And I was like, fuck it. I'm all in. Right. And so I got the scale on the bus. Leanne's doing Withings. She's going to lose weight. It's a Wi-Fi scale. It tracks your BMI, your body composition, and delivers highly accurate weight measurements. It even gives you the local weather. It syncs automatically with the Helpmate app made available for iOS, iOS. Or Android. Pendulette uses one. Pendulette's now skinny. He used to. He lost over a hundred pounds, and even more impressively, he kept the weight off for three years. See for yourself why it worked for Pen, why it's working for me, and why Tom's guide named Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale of 2018. Visit Withings.com/slash/Bertcast. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S.com/slash. 
BERTCAST for a special offer of 30% off any body composition scale. You'll see the 30% offer only when you visit withings.com slash BERTCAST. You will see the 30% off offer only when you visit withings, W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash BERTCAST. Thank you, Withings. Let's get me skinny. Hey, Leanne, did I tell you we have a new sponsor for the BERTCAST? Yeah, you did. I did. They were up on our counter the other day. Isla, do you know who the new sponsor is? The Mushroom People. The Mushroom (laughs) People. My friends at Four Sigmatic. Do you guys drink coffee like 64% of the regular Americans out there do? Then you are going to fucking love these guys. They've been making drinking mushrooms of things since 2012. They make mushroom coffee that tastes fucking great and is good for you. The founding guys grew up foraging mushrooms in Finland. you got to trust Finland. They do everything right in Finland. And they've been brewing mushroom tea for centuries. They knew that mushrooms are some of the most nutritious food out there. So they brought it to America in a format we would understand. Coffee. That's right. And it's perfect for me because on the road, I like to have a cup of coffee before my first show and in between shows. But if I have too much, I feel jittery in my stomach. It's actually tea. No, but I have coffee on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Mushroom coffee has half the caffeine of a regular coffee. And it's truly magical. It doesn't make you high, but it helps you think and it doesn't leave you jittery. They've got two rock star mushrooms in it, okay? Lion's mane and chaga. Lion's mane is the brain's best friend. And chaga is a winter necessity. It helps support your immune system so you don't get sick. Mushroom coffee comes in an easy-to-use, carry single-serving packet. Stash them at your desk, throw it in your gym bag, in your backpack like myself. Oh, 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 did I mention that it's USDA organic and paleo certified, has zero grams of sugar and zero calories, just a whole lot of fucking power? Of course, we're bringing you a special offer for the BirdCast audience. Of course, you will receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic order. Go to foursigmatic.com slash BirdCast. Use the discount discount code BERTCAST at checkout. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash BERTCAST. That's foursigmatic.com slash BERTCAST or use the discount code BERTCAST at checkout for 15% off. Thank you to all my sponsors. Uh, did you do ZipRecruiter? I did. Oh. ZipRecruiter. I had Get more information about the box if you want it. <laughs> yeah, you listen are to that goofy. little laugh. Uh, today's podcast is going to be fucking awesome. You're about to lose your shit. This is the hard. I I cracked my ribs. I don't know if I broke them, but I bruised them in Park City, and so I've been trying not to laugh a lot. And I was in so much pain at the beginning of this podcast. This is one of the funniest podcasts I've ever put out. It reminds me of when I first had Miss Pat on. You are gonna. Absolutely love him. He's got a new special coming out oh, on Comedy Jesus Central. Christ. What's the matter? There's a spider on my leg. No. Off of me. <laughs> Isla, stop. He's got a new Comedy Central one-hour special called Size 38 Waist premiering this Friday, January 18th. January 18th on Comedy Central. Set your DVRs. This guy is so fucking funny. You are... You're going to love it. And then if it's after January 18th, you can go to the Comedy Central app and you can watch it there, correct? The website. The website. 
it's going to be all over. You've got to watch it. It is so fucking good. He is so fucking funny. You you're, get ready to giggle your ass off, ladies and gentlemen. Chris DiStefano. This is No, they love I, you. I yeah. I never gotten standing ovations before. Right. Like I remember I remember someone saying Joe Coy gets standing ovations every time. I remember someone telling me that and I was like, "Come on." And I saw him. I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." Yeah, he murders. <laughs> and then and then uh I got one the first night I got it in Portland when I started the tour and I was like, "Okay, cuz it's your first show." And I got a standing ovation when I got on stage. Right. And then when I got off, I got a standing ovation. I was like, "Okay, cuz it's my first show. They know it's my first show. They're yeah, happy yeah. for me." Second show, I got a standing ovation. I went, okay, it's because it's my yeah. first night. They're just really happy for me. And then in Seattle, I got one, and I was like, of course, because it's you know it's the first. Yeah. And, and then when I when I didn't get one in Calgary, I was like, wait, you guys don't know that this, <laughs> this is my first night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great, man. I remember hearing guys could pander for them, could yeah. like, could like wait for it, like thank you, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> just waiting till they get up. <laughs> It's awesome. It's How a, much touring do you do? I go, you know, I go on the road, like just club circuit stuff, you know. I mean, I, I, my daughter's only three. So if I can, if I cannot go on the road, God. I won't. But, you know, I gotta, I mean, it's the only way to, to, to make money. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Like I, I, I'm going away almost every weekend until the end of March. So, yeah. you know, but it's all like, you know, the, the club circuit stuff. I don't. Improvs, I, funny bones. Improvs. Yeah. How amazing is it for you? Like, because I, I, you know, I, I'm at a point where like I don't sell. I sell okay tickets. I very rarely sell out once in a while. But now to like be a sellout guy, it must be like amazing, right? Because that's all I want is just tickets. I don't care if I'm famous or not. I just want people at the shows. To me, yeah. it feels like no better feeling. You could just do whatever the fuck you want. If you're like, yo, I've never been to this city, you could just go there and it'll sell out. I'll do you love 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 that life like that? I do. I, I'm very happy right now like I'm, i feel very fortunate that anyone like i i got went into uh seattle's a more theater i think's 1800 yeah and i went up the first show and i just looked it's like three stories of three tiers of people yeah and i'm like bro i wouldn't you couldn't comp 1800 people to come see me yeah a few years ago like you couldn't comp yeah, like you them. would just go to like half sold out comedy clubs half sold uh, not even sold i never i never sold tickets I was always a good paper act. Right. Like they <laughs> yeah. could paper the room. And you'd crush for and that. And I'd murder. I could, because I was, you know, like, I missed those days a little bit of like going into a room full of people that really don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. And just, and changing their mind. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And watching them go like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. And coming up to you after the show. But then the problem is you never really translated it. You never really converted them into fans. Right. That's the biggest difference between me and Segura is that, Tom saw that business as yeah. a failing business. Right. He was like, I'm done performing in front of people that don't know who the fuck I am. Yeah. I'm going to find people who, who like me. Yeah. And I'm only performing in front of them. Yeah. And me and his wife were the exact opposite. We're like, no, this is a good business model. You go into Dayton. You make new fans. It's yeah. slow going. But it, it, didn't, it never translated. I would murder. I would crush a room. Yeah. Wouldn't sell any shirts. Wouldn't sell any yeah. CDs. No, maybe... I mean, I stand by the door and people just walk right past me. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. I'd, I'd say stuff like, "Hey, great show tonight," and they would go, and people would go, "Thanks, thanks." Yeah, 
dude i feel like now like with like you know like i see like you got like letterman cards on the wall i got i have mine too i did it in like 2013 but now i feel like doing like you pod, your podcast joe rogan theo vaughn all you guys like that's like doing the tonight show like oh. you and i talking right now will get more people to potentially notice me than if i did a five minute fucking dumb set on any late night show you know and it's yep. like and i would still be privileged and honored to do it but it's like i don't care like some of my peers back in new york that like get bummed out if they don't do a late night show i'm like why would you care just call burke kreischer go on his fucking show and then he's just he's letterman with no shoes on right now he's just barefoot david letterman in his fucking <laughs> dude letterman when i did letterman john travolta was the other guest Oh my God, bro! So you ever meet meet him? No, he's so fucking weird. He, he he was. We were down. I'll never forget. He was on, and then he comes off, and I'm like waiting to go on next. You know, it's like nerve wracking, whatever. My suit, and he stops, and he goes, "Ooh, nice suit, big boy." Like just first thing, and I was like, I was like, I was like, "Hi, John," and then and then he goes, "Um, he goes, are you nervous?" And I was like, "Yes," you know. He goes, "Well, you've already done this." And I said, well, no, I, I haven't. I'm going on next. He goes, no, no, you've already done this. And then he put his hand on my chest. It was so fucking bizarre. He put his hand on my chest and he was like, I can feel your heart beating and I'm talking to your heart, telling it to slow down because I'm sure that you've auditioned this for the bookers many times and the hard work is already done. Now you've already done it. You just have to go through the motions and do it. But trust me the work is done and he really like legit calmed me down shut the fuck up i swear up. to god like my heart started to he did like that shit like that whatever religious shit and it slowed my heart rate down and then he said i'm gonna watch you every moment because he said i want this moment i want to share this moment with you and i will stand here and watch you every moment and he was saying, and he told me go be great now and I was fucking pumped. And I had like, Jesus and I Christ. had still like the best set I've ever done on TV was there. Or I would say the best, like the most comfortable I ever was, was on that moment. And and my ex-girlfriend was there at the time. She saw the whole thing happening. And when I came back, I was like, oh my God, like I was great. And when I was like, where's John? And she goes, he left immediately after you went on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I fucking love John Travolta for that. Like every, when all those allegations started coming back, I was like, it's probably true, but I just don't care. I just love Johnny T. He left immediately. He pumped me up and did all that shit and then just left. He flies a 747 by himself. So he just flew it into JFK like he's a, like he's a, he's just a plane. Like they landed John Travolta not like flight delta 643 like they landed travolta car letter uh take took him to letterman he told the story and then letterman right back to the airport private blah 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 flew his plane right back to la home done Shut up. easy yeah crazy right yeah i know man i um i don't know i fucking but yeah dude doing podcasts it's like yeah it's like i don't know why anybody cares anymore about like you know, oh, if I didn't, like two years ago, I had a, a pilot with CBS, right? And it yeah. didn't get picked up and I was bummed out. And, and, um, you shot it? I shot it. We filmed Chaz Palminteri, played my dad, which is fucking dope because, like, Bronx Tales, my favorite movie. And then Annie Potts played my mom. Who's Ghostbusters? Oh, who's Annie Potts? You know, Annie Potts, she's a receptionist from Ghostbusters. The yes, yes, yes. So, like, those are my favorite movies and those are my parents and it was dope. And uh, it didn't go and I was really upset. And I was, I was out in LA. And I just randomly ran into uh, Sebastian Maniscalco and he, and I don't really know him that well, you know, and um, 
I just was talking to him and I, you know, I was just like looking for someone to talk to about it because they had just told me the news like an hour before and I was like, yeah, man, I'm really upset. Like he didn't ask. I was like, I'm just really upset. My, my pilot didn't get picked up and he was like, so? And I was like, what? And he was like, look, man, he said, I didn't get my pilot picked up on NBC. Sebastian was saying this, you know, Tony Danza played his pops. It was a great show. He's like, and I, I'm telling you like they, that business model, it's over. He yeah. said, I Put, got my Showtime special. I, I shot my show. This is when he, you know, be, you know, as he was becoming who he is now, he was like, I put my Showtime special out, spliced it up. Those clips went viral. I did it illegally, kind of. He's like, because Showtime didn't give me permission to do that. I just fucking did it anyway. And now I'm selling out the garden. You know, now now we sold out the garden four times. So he's like, forget about. You can take your career in your hands more than any other time in show business now oh yeah 100 percent. and it's all, all you guys do like that's why you're if, you know could you imagine if like you fucking you know asked some network like hmm, can i do a podcast you know they'd be like oh well let's do this let's do that let's have you know fucking chefs on but you're like no fuck it i'm just gonna do them and take my shirt off look at these tits and then you're selling out the world the uh, with no shoes on yeah you're fucking barefoot <laughs> right now you're barefoot right now making thousands of dollars i fucking love it <laughs> i fucking love it dude literally I swear to God, I I know for one hundred percent you have a fucking chicken. That's great. Um, <laughs> it's just live animals, dude. This is I can't tell you how happy this makes me because I just feel like you know, it's just you fucking take it into your own hands, and I love it. I, if I don't get, I, I got a podcast now. It's called The History Hyenas, and I'm trying to get to your level. The history and I, of hyenas. History hyenas. I love history. Yeah. And I love hyenas because it's a wild fucking animal, and the <laughs> and it's a matriarchy driven society. I love the way you see it. Say hyena. Yeah, hyena. I I, I had an extra letter into it because I'm fucking dumb because I was hooked on phonics and I'm just a Queens Brooklyn idiot. Um, history hyenas, and and, uh, and I love history and I love I love podcasting so. Dude, if I don't make it though with podcasting and internet, I, I don't know what to do. I'm gonna have to go trans. <laughs> Dude, I would fucking make it far if I went trans. Oh How wild God. would it be if you were like Chris completely cut his dick off? Would you support? You'd have to support. You me. can't not support you someone have anymore. To support, even though behind closed doors, you're like, what is psycho? It is a weird mandate that you have to vocally go. I, I'm so happy for that person, and then everyone shuts the door. And they're like, what the fuck what? happened? <laughs> yeah, where's his dick? <laughs> What do they do with his dick? Feed it to your chickens. Are they, are they chick chickens or roosters? They're chickens. Okay. No one gets roosters. I don't fucking know animals, man. Unless you want more chickens. <laughs> wait, wait. Dude, you got the number my one rib. My rib. Oh, you got a broken rib. Ribs, ribs oh, are dude. Killing me. Broken ribs suck. Oh. I used to be a physical therapist, so I, I know what to do. Oh, for real? Yeah, but it, you can't do anything for broken ribs. No, there's nothing. You just got to sit there and be in fucking pain. Yeah, and it hurts on stage because I, <sighs> I didn't realize how, for me, what's happening is it's the breath in. Like, mm. so like, I'll get, I didn't realize how much I just project and then talk, 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 and then I, I take a real quick, deep breath, like, and that is what hurts. Right. So. Did you, are you pissing blood? No. Oh, that's good. Why is that the? Well, yeah, I mean, if you're pissing blood, like that's, you know, I mean, I, it's never good to piss blood. <laughs> <laughs> like, but like that's but that's usually like if you hurt them hard and it like hits your kidneys. <laughs> Are you pissed up blood? Yeah. I'm not a doctor, but that, that can't that's be That's not good. good. Dude, one time I had an STD <laughs> and, and I fucking had chlamydia, right? I got and, that. Yeah, you got that? Dude, it sucks. I mean, it's curable. <laughs> but, oh, let's slow down. I'm in so much fucking pain right now. Oh. oh. Uh, all right. 
So I have chlamydia, right? Yeah. And I go, my dick's just full dripping. Yeah. And so I go into the hospital and the doctor's like a cool guy. I went to like the emergency room and he was like, just like, I was like, I have an STD. He was like, how do you know? I was like, my penis is dripping. He was like, that's not good. And then, and then I, I, he said, pee into this cup. And then I peed into the cup and then he took the cup and then he walked out of the room like halfway and then came back. He was like, what, what, what is going on? And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, feel your urine. And then I felt it and I had to like put it in the other hand, like a coffee cup. Yeah. He was like, do you think urine's supposed to be that hot? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. He was like, he was like, look, I'm, I'm going to test it. He said, but I'm just going to, tr- I know that there's something wrong. So he's like, I'm going to give you a shot and a shake. And he gave me a shot in the arm and he gave me the shake. And it like basically like maybe like throw up, but it like basically like got everything out of my body. But my dick was like legit dripping and my urine was, uh, I mean, scalding coffee cup hot. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm okay now. I got, but then I got it one more time. And I, th- I yeah. It was, <laughs> but I got it one more time. <laughs> I got it one more what time. What was the shake? I don't, it was like the shake. It didn't taste bad. It was like a, it tasted like a, like a gummy, you know, like a, um, a Pepto-Bismol kind of thing. Yeah. And um, apparently it's just like these high powered antibiotics. Um. But yeah, the doctor, he couldn't believe he was like this urine. I've, I, it's, 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 he's, he asked me, do you think it's supposed to be that hot? And I, I, I don't know, man. I, I did a meet and greet with a guy in Sp- and this guy in Spokane came up yeah. and took his shirt off, put his arm around me. I go, whoa, you are on fire, man. He's yeah. like, yeah, I got a pretty bad fever. <laughs> and he came to a show anyway? <laughs> and I go, oh. I go, wait. And you still came to the show? He's like, I wasn't going to miss this for the world. And I go, oh, cool, but. You're sick. Am I going to get sick? And he's like, probably. Yeah. I did a meet and greet with the guy this week who came up and shook my hand. And he goes, and his eye is completely shut. And he goes, <laughs> I would definitely go wash your hand. I, I have a pink eye. <laughs> I, go, I gave it to everyone after me. Did you get it? Pink uh, eye? Uh, no, I didn't get pink eye, but oh, I shook God. his hand. He's like, I definitely go wash your hand. I have pink eye. Oh, my God, dude. Dude, I had a sty the, like three days ago. I put Styes my, suck. My eye w- legit just wouldn't open. And then yeah. I got it to open, but it, it fucking, I don't know what happened, Never man. pop a sty. Yeah, you, can't, you want to pop it so bad, oh though, right? Oh, my God. Oh. My, my cameraman had a sty, and for some reason, he, we were in Zanzibar, and he felt like if I saw that he had a sty, I would freak out. Right. And so they all tried to keep it from me that right. he had a sty. But everyone was had a secret, and I could tell that there was a secret. I couldn't figure out what it was. And by the way, I don't give a fuck about styes. Right. So like I thought that I was getting fired or something was happening, something right. 10 times worse than the fucking John Mann's having a sty. Oh, and yeah. it just went away then. No, he's, I think he, I think he had to get it a sur- surgical yeah, removed. Yeah, if, 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 if it doesn't go away, you could, they got to flip open your eyelid oh. and then cut it out from the inside. And then you just have to wear a patch like a dick. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what, did, when did you get the sec- second clap? The second clap I got, so I got the first one in 2014, and I got the second one in uh in in 2016. I was, you know, I have a I have a daughter, and me and my kid's mom, we had split up for like two weeks, and I was like, I'm just gonna go and have sex, and then I did, and I just came back, and then like we like worked it out, and I was like, I have chlamydia, and she kicked me out again, <laughs> but I just banged some girl, you know, I was in um. I don't know where the hell I was. Baltimore? I think I got it in Baltimore at Magoobies. <laughs> That's what a fucking horrible place to get chlamydia just at Magoobies. Of course, Baltimore is like, man, we can't do anything, right? Yeah. Our rap is just going down and down. Dude, but I, I mean, listen, 
You know, I got chlamydia twice. I have warts. Who doesn't have fucking warts? Get an HPV a little, get a couple speed bumps on your dick. But I've never got anything like really permanent besides a wart or two. But it doesn't matter. It's almost like if you don't have warts, I don't want to have sex with you. (laughs) This was the wrong podcast to do today. I have laughed more (laughs) this first. And it's, you know, when you're not supposed to laugh, that makes laughing so much more fun. Yeah, yeah. And you're, dude, once you get your laugh going, you can't stop. (laughs) <laughs> wait oh, so wait what did you how did you <laughs> me. oh yeah dude oh you seem super super uh cool with it yeah i mean at this point like who gives a fuck you know yeah. it's like i got a kid yeah. like you know i'm fucking i'm 34 years old yeah like yeah i have warts sometimes my <laughs> dick drifts it's like what do you what do you want from me man like I'm not gonna sit here and just lie about it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I just I yeah I, I mean if who doesn't have warts? I'm not really going raw dog. And if I am going raw dog, first of all, I'm at a point now where like I don't want to have sex with like a 21 year old girl. Like I want like a woman who has children, like a veteran. So like chances are yeah. like she's been through some shit. Like yeah. I don't like tell me if you have herpes or something like that. Just because like I'll make a decision if I want to get it or not. Yeah. You know. Would would you fucking check if she had herpes? Yeah, I would. Why not? I mean, if you know. If I if I liked her, you know, and like I thought it was gonna be something, why not, man? I mean, yeah. you're all, we're all, that's the thing. It's like we're all gonna die. You're yeah. gonna die. Yeah. You might as well go out swinging. Like <laughs> for sure. Like I know you're gonna die one day in something that you fucking love doing. Yeah. Like you're a guy. You're here for a good time. You're not here for a long time. And I fucking love it. <laughs> and I fucking love it. Every time I watch Bird, I'm like, yes, that guy fucking rules, man. He's gonna get eaten alive by an alligator one day, but he's fucking sick. <laughs> I fucking love it, man. And everybody's gonna love, it, dude. Yeah, you're you're the definition of that guy and you rock out and that's why you get standing ovations and people come to your shows with pink eye and fevers (laughs) (laughs) that's what it is i love it man oh oh my god yeah dude yeah i feel i I feel the first time i got the clap i only got it once but the when i got the clap i was devastated right i was like i remember i went to the doctor and i was like i had drank out of a out of a horse trough in switzerland (laughs) Like, like a month before because oh. I, I we went on a hike in switzerland to the top of this mountain none of us brought water right and we were fucking dying we were yeah. dying so we ran up and all of a sudden there was a horse trough right so we all just started drinking out of the horse, horse. trough so i told the doctor i said yeah i think i got it from a horse trough <laughs> and he was like you fucked a horse trough and yeah. i was like no 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 it's not sexually transmitted and he was like no it is yeah and i was like no I'm, I'm pretty sure i got it from a horse trough yeah he's like well, what were your symptoms? Were your dick leaking? It, dude, when I would start to piss, okay, I felt like I was getting punched in the groin, like in the in the pubis. It hurt. Just, it, it I could feel a thump when it started, and then it was like oh. so much pain, so much burning that oh. I was like, I was like, oh my god! You knew you had a disease. I knew something was wrong. Right. I was like, I got something is not right with this. Right. And I went to the doctor, and he was like, uh, "You got the clap. You get you you." Must have have given had sex with a chick yeah. in Europe that had it. And I yeah. went, no, I didn't. I didn't. And he goes, "Who?" I said, "I." He goes, "You have to be having sex with someone." I said, "My girlfriend," but she's not having sex with anyone else. And he was like, "Oh, oh, here we go." She is. <laughs> yes. And I went, "What?" And is that goes, really what ha- she cheated on you? Yeah. He goes, "She's uh He's he said to me, "He goes, she's a whore, man." Yeah. And by the way, by the way, this is this is 
this is probably 1995. Yeah, well, you could still say that. When, but, and I didn't even realize this. Now, I, I looked at the doctor. I was 22 years old. I looked at the doctor like he must have been a grown-up. He was probably a 26-year-old yeah. uh, kid right out of med school. We're older than him now. Yeah, way older than well, him. Yeah. And he was just some kid, and he was like, nah, man. He was like, I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. She's sleeping around with a lot of guys. Yeah. And I said, really? He goes, you don't get it from just one. Like, trust me. Yeah. You, the, the odds. He's like, she's sleeping around. She's a whore, man. And I was like, Shit. and I was like, easy, man. Like, she's my girlfriend. And he was like, let me ask you a question. Yeah. The bar we used to go to it was called Yanni's. He goes, when you go to Yanni's, do you and your dick split up to cover more territory? Yeah. I go, no. Yeah. And he goes, so you're with your dick pretty much all night long. I yeah. go, yeah. And he goes, then either you're lying to me or she's lying to you. So right. which you got to pick which one it is. Right. I said, I'm telling you the truth. He goes, and she's a whore. She's sleeping with other people. And I, I was like, I don't believe it. I want the test. He goes, you don't want the test. I right. can just give you all the medication right. and you'll be done with it. And I went, no, I want the test. He was like, all right. And he goes, uh, I'd hold on to the fucking table if yeah. I were you. And he put the Q-tip all the way down my dick. Woo-wee. And as soon as it went in, I went, she's a whore. <laughs> she's a whore. I fucking. And, yeah. Oh, that sucks. And I told every chick I, de- I dated after that, I told him that I'd gotten the clap. Yeah. I, I was. I was like. Right up front, I had the clap when uh, when and my girlfriend cheated on me. I only yeah. had sex with like I've only had sex with like six chicks your whole life. Yeah, fucking I'm, dope, man. I'm not a I'm not a big sex guy in that like I'm not good at it for one. Right, and I'm and I get a, way too emotionally involved. Right, like I get it's it's a lot of emotion for me. Yeah, see, I'm the opposite in the sense that I I have sex like I here's here's how I describe myself. I'm the kind of guy. I fall in love with men, but I have sex with women. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gay, but like, I'd rather hang out with you all day and just get to know you and talk about you and even like go head to toe with you and fucking sleep and have a sleepover. (laughs) But then I'd like to go have sex with a woman and get chlamydia. You know what I mean? But like, I don't want to talk and get to know the woman at all. I just, I'm not a gay guy. I have sex with women. I'm attracted to vagina, but I fall in love with men. Like, I, if, dude, if you want to like hang out and like have drinks and stuff, I'd fall asleep on your lap. But I not, th- I, I wouldn't think about sucking your dick. I would just be intimate. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to sit on your fucking lap right now. Yeah. But it's just because I think you're a great guy. But yeah. I don't want to have sex with you. Is that weird? No, this makes sense. All right. Yeah. I mean, we all got something. I uh, is it hard? How many relationships have you been in? I've been in uh, serious girlfriends. I've had about ten serious girlfriends. Ten, yeah. ten girls have met my mom and dad um my you know things change my, my daughter um uh, me and her mom when we met uh we, she got pregnant on the first date or second date so really? I, yeah i didn't know her at all i mean i knew her but I, we didn't we weren't like in a relationship at all and i'll, I'll never forget i was down in um i was down we, we like had sex you know we were talking or whatever but like it wasn't anything we didn't know if it was going anywhere it was like just a girl you know i was probably one of a few guys she was talking to she was one of a few girls i was talking to we were both happily single whatever had sex Blah blah blah, and I was down in um in Tampa at Side Splitters with that guy Bobby Jewel. Yeah, <laughs> and it was crazy, and uh, and I love him though, but he's nuts. And I'll never forget it was September 11th, 2014, and she texted me, and she was like, "Hey," she was like, "I see you're down in Tampa." Um, it was in the morning. She was like, "I I I, I want to come down." It was a Thursday or Friday. She's like, "I want to come down, hang out," and I said, "Absolutely." Yeah, you know. So she got out. She came down. And she was, she get off, she, she was like showed up to the, by the time she got there, I was already on stage and she was like, when I came out, she was like doing shots with my friend. She was like having a great fucking time. She looked smoking hot. It was like, great. I was like, awesome. She's going to have sex with this girl all weekend. It'd be great. And then I'll, you know, fall in love with another guy. And then she, (laughs) and then she, she, we get back to my hotel room and she goes, look, the reason I came down here, she was like, and she goes in her bed because she pulls out a positive pregnancy test. 
and she was like i i know that you know we don't know each other she had already she already has a son from a previous relationship he was three or four at the time so she was like i have a son she was like so uh, you know we don't know each other you have your career i have my life she was like i just came down here to like hang out she's like let's go you know if come come with me please tomorrow or whatever to get to get it taken care of she's like i just want you to be there with me and then like we don't have to talk anymore like you know if you could pay for it and and just be with me and 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 that's it and whatever and she was like so that's why i came down i just want to tell you in person and then she said that to me and it was like this moment i had in my mind where i was just like because like four uh, four years before that I dated this girl we were together and she got pregnant and she decided to have an abortion and I remember it was like f it fucked with you as it does it just fucks with you where you're like I made it that was wrong that was wrong and then when she told me this even though like it was crazy I didn't know her you know I was I, we, we, it was nuts in my head when she said do you want to keep it uh, when she said I'm going to get rid of it in my head I said no we need to keep it like I said my brain was basically saying yes keep this baby keep this baby yeah so I said, look, I don't want, I said, it's your choice. It's your body. I said, but I don't want, I, I will be a father to the baby. And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, I promise you. I said, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I said, I don't know if we're going to be uh, together. I said, but I promise you this baby, I will be this child's baby. And like, I will, ne I will be there as a father, no matter, and be there for you, like whatever, what you need. And she was like, all right. She was like, if you, if that's what you say, and then that's what it is. So I don't regret anything. I mean, it didn't work out with us as a couple. Um, but how long, I, did you, how long did you try? Like three years. Oh really? So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, two years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and my daughter like changed my whole life. I see my daughter every day. I, I, I bought an apartment like five blocks away from them just so I could be near. It's like, I don't even like the neighborhood I live in, but it's like, Hey, my baby's there. So that's where I'm going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was like, I, I, I don't regret anything. I mean, you know, the, obviously life got harder. Uh, it got harder and easier simultaneously. It got harder in the sense like for our career, like I can't just go away um, as much as I'd like to. Or, or, or if I do, it has to be really worth it financially because I don't want to spend time away from my daughter. But it got easier because it's like now things that happen that don't go my way career wise. It, the, the pain is so quick. It's like, oh, I'm bummed about that. But let me go take my kid to Chuck E. Cheese or what is my daughter going to do for the first time today or say something? So I almost like, I, I don't, not that I feel bad, but I, I just like all our peers who don't have kids who are like adamant about not having kids. Like I wish, you know, I think if they did have kids, they would feel different because I, I just feel like, I mean, everybody makes their own choices, do whatever you want. But I feel like my daughter saves me so much but yeah that that's what happened we we she and then and then and then she i remember she was like all right we're gonna keep it and i was like yeah and then she was like let's just do one more shot i was like are you the right kind of are you a good mom you know i was like i just <laughs> like didn't know i was like we just said we're gonna have the baby let's do fucking shots but we did one more shot and that was it and then and then we kept it and uh, obviously and and it and it's been great my daughter's like you know, she's a, like a little Puerto Rican, half Puerto Rican girl that's just like runs around my house. Was this was your chick Puerto she's Rican? Puerto Rican. My kid's mom is like gorgeous, right? Really? Yeah, beautiful woman. So it's like I don't, and my daughter's beautiful. So like I don't. Wait, can I see her online? Yeah, go ahead, take a look. Where is she? Look at your, her tits on your Instagram. Um, my daughter or, or my kid's mom? Both. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Let's see. My kid's mom, my baby mama. She's um, her name is Jasmine. She's good. She's uh, yeah. This is uh, here. I'll show you uh. I'll show you. Um, uh, here we go. Yeah, she's like a she's like a personal uh, personal trainer. So that's always. Good. Oh my god. Yeah, she's just got like a. She's hot. 
She's just got to, you know, and hey, listen, you want a hot mom, you know, you want a hot mom and and I got a hot kid. I'll probably have a hot kid. Oh God, I hope my kid doesn't get chlamydia. (laughs) She might. Who cares, right? It doesn't matter. I'm going to be the dad. I'm going to, I'm going to tell my daughter, like, I'm not going to, I'm going to be the guy who's like, look here, that's just like a video. She does videos of herself smiling to try to thirst trap guys. But it's what it is. She got me too. Thirst trap? Yeah, like, you know, like she gets gets guys probably to DM her. I don't care. Listen, the truth of the situation is I'm paying her rent and bills and guys are probably having sex in the house that I pay for. But it's what it is. <laughs> You're just going to have to fucking live with it. You know? Yeah. It's just like, I don't understand. I don't care anymore. It's what just, kind of dad do you think you'll be? Like, like when as they grow, as she gets older? I think I'm going to be the dad who is is very much open to anything. I want to have the I want to have the kind of relationship with my daughter where... Not, not that I'm a friend, because I, I think I, you know, it's important for parents to remain authority figures. But I'm, I'm gonna try to be as real with my kid as possible. Like I'm not gonna be the, the dad that's like, you better not be having sex. I'm gonna be the guy that's like, listen, if you're anything like your mom, you're probably having sex. <laughs> so here are condoms. You always have condoms. You could come to dad for condoms. You talk. Anything happens, a guy mis- mistreats you. You talk to me. I'm not gonna go beat the shit out of him. But we're gonna talk to you. About, I want to. I want you to know what it is to respect yourself and i want you to know you know i want you to be strong and i want you to make decisions you know uh because i have a lot of strong women in my family my my i have three uh cousins uh females who are all fdny firefighters so sometimes like you know like with like you know like certain situations that have happened like lately like you know with like women feeling like you know because that shit does happen like you know sexual assault and all that shit really happens but sometimes it was hard for me to see it because my 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 the women in my family like you can't assault them they'll just put like my cousins they'll just beat the shit out of you they're firefighters so like i my my example of women was always like oh yeah no if you're fucking, if you have your dick out in front of me and I don't want it, I'm just going to grab it and punch you in the face. Like you're, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wait a year. I'm just yeah. going to take care of it right now. Yeah. And that's what, how I want my daughter to be. Just be like, listen, there's, you, there needs to be, you know, you, like, like a strength in that, you know? So, but I don't know. I mean, my dad, my dad, he's a good dad. He was like, always like, kind of like one of those dads where he would do like the right thing but it's just like the wrong move. Like I remember we were at a Yankee game once and he wanted to get like better seats at the game. I was 12. So he made me make believe I had special needs to get better, better seats. And it's like, that's, a, that's okay. Like I have special needs. You know what I mean? Not that yeah. it's okay, yeah. but it's like, you just want me to get better seats. I understand. But it's like, don't make, you know what I mean? Don't make me, don't make be, me drool. Don't make me be <laughs> Gilbert Grape. <laughs> yeah. But he did. It worked. You know, I mean, it worked. I remember this one time my parents got divorced when I was one. And um, my dad, uh, I was 15 and my mom was dating this guy and he, he was, he, he broke up with my mom and started dating a woman directly across the street, like directly, like not down the road, like there's our house and then the woman across the street that my mother could see, we could see from our window, started dating that woman. So I remember my dad came in, my dad's like an old school, like, you know, Italian guy from the Bronx. He came to pick me up one weekend to go play in a basketball tournament. It was a Saturday morning and my mom was sitting upstairs with a chair facing out the window crying. She had sunglasses on to try to uh, hide it, but she was crying. And my dad's like, what's wrong with your mother? And I was like, well, um, you know, she broke up with Jim. He's dating a woman across the street. He goes, did you do anything? And I was like, what? He was like, you didn't do anything? And I was like, no, what do you want me to do? He's like, all right. He's like, listen, just stay here. I'm going to go get us bagels. I was like, okay. So then all of a sudden, you know, a few minutes go by. I hear my mother screaming, Tony, Tony, stop it. What are you doing? And she's like, Christopher, go get your father. And I was like, oh, fuck. So I run downstairs. My dad was 
beating the shit out of Jim. And he had his knee on his throat and was like, fucking like finger in his face screaming at this guy and then he just walks across the street it was like that scene in goodfellas it yeah. truly was yeah. like truly like it truly fucking was and i hadn't even seen that movie yet but it's what it was and he was just like and he grabbed me because he was like all fired up and he was like don't let anyone ever disrespect your mother like that again he was like i know i shouldn't have to do your job and I was like, my job? I'm 15 years old. I was like, what do you mean my job? And I, Shut that's, the fuck so up. it's like the wrong move, but the right intention. Like my dad. <laughs> and my dad to do your job. Yeah. And then we drove an hour and a half to Pennsylvania for a basketball tournament. It was, and the whole conversation was about like, look, he was like, look, what I did was wrong. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have hurt that guy. He said, but you have to understand like your mother, right? He said, you're the man of that house. Your mother can't be sitting out a window crying and you not, and you not take any initiative or do anything. He said, so I shouldn't have done that. He said, but you should have at least been comforting her and talking to her instead of sitting in your, in your room playing video games like a weirdo. He said, so next time anything like that happens, you just always think about you got to protect your mom. That's, you're the man. He said, you know, didn't, you know I, I don't live there anymore, so that's your job. And I was Shut like, up. wow, so that's kind of just how my dad is. He's just like, look, it's going to be old school sometimes. Like hurricane, like it's like I feel like now in 2019, like, it's easy, like you could write a blog about my dad and, and he could be vilified when really he's just a great guy. Like Hurricane Sandy happened in New York a few years ago and it like ravaged Staten Island where my dad lives. And there's a lot of uh, immigrants that live on the water over there, you know, Mexican, uh, Mexican, Venezuelan immigrants. And they, they, there a lot of their houses got damaged and my dad's house did not get damaged. Um, so he would go every day with like a fucking U-Haul truck, help them out. And then two families, he let them live in his house for like three weeks but the thing is with my dad he'll do great things like that but simultaneously he'll have to make racist jokes so like i was there once and like he had this whole family in there and he first of all he kept calling the guys jose and his name was juan he just kept continuously called him jose the guy's like my name is juan he's like jose this fucking guy He's like, you want a beer? And then he and then he was like, he would like be yelling at like certain people. He's like, hey, don't steal the silverware, kids. Like hack old man jokes. Yeah. But the ultimate thing was like, but the bottom line is like he's doing all that. But like those families like were in tears of, of appreciation of how, how, fu uh, you know, how kind he was. So I feel yeah. like sometimes in 2019, you know, we just like jump on people. Yeah. And it's like, you don't fucking know. You don't, you don't know what the, you, you, don't, you don't really know this guy. It's, you know? it's it, people take assault to the next level they think that uh what what is what is simply like a little bit of your personality yeah. whether it's where, whether it's an off-color joke or not they yeah. look, they look at that as the one thing as opposed to all the body of work you do as a human being yeah it's like still it's it's re dude it's really ridiculous and that's why and that's why live podcasting and doing stuff like this because like we can just be ourselves yeah. we could say it's it's to your fans and you know and and people who like like comedy and like what you do so it's like it's all an open mind it's like you you go on some of like these talk shows and now it's like you have to say the right thing so you get an applause break from the audience it's like fuck you man dude you know like now i i, I mean you're past it now because now you're you know you're doing like if you're going to do late night you're going to sit on the couch with the with the host but like where I'm at still, like, you know, they still, when you do late night sets, it's like, you can say nothing. Like, I have all these bits about my daughter being Puerto Rican. I'm like, imitate her. She's my daughter. And they said, oh, you know what? You can't do that 
on our show because you're not Puerto Rican. It's like, are you fucking stupid, guy? Like, yeah. how how, may, how how much do you have to live in fear? Could you imagine being on the other side of the job? Could you imagine being like an executive nowadays or like Dude. a booker nowadays? You just live in fear your whole fucking life. Everything. Scared. And you have to you have to say the same mandated company oh, bylines. You know, you know, I think that a person of color might. Oh, shut up. As opposed to yeah. just saying, hey, let them speak for themselves. Yeah, dude. As if I'm telling you, if and this is just like street smart shit. I think that you're from Philly, right? Tampa. Oh, Tampa. Okay, yeah. but even still, that's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah, a lot of shit goes. Eboard <laughs> yeah. City, fucking chlamydia. That's the whole city says chlamydia. <laughs> and so, and so, so you know what it is like big city shit. It's like if you're the I can I can tell when someone's bullshit right away. Like if you're someone that says to me, I don't see color. It's like get the fuck away from me okay you're a racist piece of shit i don't want to go anywhere near you or if you're tweeting out you know loving i stand with this and like all that and i'm liberal but it's like yeah. if you're going like over extra liberal you're you fucking have, you have children in your basement you have a fucking harem of children in your basement and you're gonna stay away from my kid dude i don't trust any of you fucks no yeah. way because a normal person wouldn't be a normal person would just be like is in the gray zone like a normal, like if 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 I feel like if I was the kind of per if if like you voted for Trump and I voted for Hillary, I would be like, okay, cool, we could talk about both things, or vice versa. Whereas like nowadays, it's like if you didn't vote for the the candidate they said, or if you don't, if you're using you know plastic straws, you're a piece of shit. It's like, guy, do you do you live in reality or do you live in this utopian bullshit that doesn't exist? Dude, Kevin Hart said, I'm over Perfect. it. He goes, I'm over it, and his yep. movie beat Aquaman. Yeah, so easy. So just so everyone knows. That outrage is phony. Phony. It's fake, and those people aren't real. Yeah. Like that's that. Like that is a small. The, uh, you know, here's what here's what it, it is. I think the majority of people, including gay people like Ellen, yeah. said, "Hey guys, this was a while ago." Yeah. This was a while ago, and he has apologized, and he's apologizing again. Yeah. We should we should let his actions today speak for who he is today yeah and there were just people going nah not no. on my watch yeah it's like it's like your our whole lives all we hear is oh actions speak louder than words except when you're trying to vilify someone then it's always words yeah then it's words it's like oh you have to go 10 years back to find tweets do you want i think you wanted revenge you didn't want him to change you just want revenge on yep. something it was a, it's what he said he goes this is an attack yeah this is an attack this it's not a coincidence that i host the oxford yeah. and the next day yeah. all these tweets from past yeah. resurface it's like you know in our field now with comedy it's like i feel like all i want in i, I want to sell tickets i want butts in the seats and i just want to be a guy that i feel like my peers could be like you know what he would he's funny and he could be funny in any decade like i'm not just funny and i'm not just being able to be successful in comedy because of the parameters of 2019 it's like i don't want that i want to be like wow. i could have been funny that's, in 1999 that's, that's an interesting yeah. statement you just made because I don't think a ton of people understand what you just said. Yeah. Meaning you don't want to be funny about the culture right now. Right. You want to be funny like in the 80s your set would have worked. And yeah. And in 10 years that your set will work. Absolutely. It's like, it's like brilliant. It's like you, you know, like your comedy. I'm uh, in 1995. I was laughing at you and I'm laughing at you now. You know, yeah. I was laughing at you at Birth of Conqueror and I'm still laughing at you because it's just funny. You deserve to be here. Whereas some other of our comedians and we know who they are and, yeah. you know, the audience knows who they are. It's like you're just saying things that the people of 2019 want to hear right now. And you're not funny. You're just being politely amusing. Yeah. That's what you're doing. And you're just you're just 
listen, if you're if I'm a comedian, I can't have a political agenda. It's like, what do you want to be? Do you want to do comedy? Or do you want to do politics? It's like I hate when I see comedians. I mean, you can you know, look, people have voices and audiences like, yeah. you know, you have power. Of course, like if Kevin Hart, you know, if he wants to say, hey, vote for Hillary or whatever's candidate, he's trying to move people. I get it. You know, it's a whole big machine. I get it. But it's like with you're you're trying to tell me like what it's like, where's the joke guy? If you're gonna if you're gonna tweet if as a comedian in my opinion if you're like a if you're if you're doing a comedy special, it, there needs to be jokes or else you're just doing a TED talk. Yeah. Like sometimes I watch Netflix specials. I'm like, this is just a fucking TED talk. There's I'm not gonna of, lie to you guys. Sometimes I, sometimes I put on I put on Netflix specials and I just fall asleep to them. It's like what I do. It's like it's like instead of taking Nyquil, I just <laughs> listen to this fuck talk about what you know his view on society. It's like shut. That's fine, but where's the joke? If you're yeah. a comedian, you have the our art form is punchlines. You have to have a joke. Some of the, some of the problems I, I have is. Dude, you got fucking clean feet, by the way. Thank you. Because you, you just put them up right now, and you have no dirt on the bottom of your feet. You got clean feet, and they <laughs> I look just—I like, just washed them in the pool, and they look like they don't stink. They're, they're you look beautiful. like you have fumeless feet. I have beautiful feet. You do actually have really good I feet really for a guy. Feet, yeah. You have a hundred. You have good feet. Um, I, some of these people, it's like it's like if you say you're a comedian, but then you just uh, polarize your audience and preach politics. You're not. Yeah. That, don't use the moniker comedian. I don't mind you doing that. Right, but don't use my moniker of comedian because easy. I put a lot of work into what I do to make people laugh. Right, and, and there is a power in making people laugh. Right, there's also a power in making people agree with you and sure. and, and swaying people politically to understand your point of view. Or, sure, or maybe opening the eyes of people. That's that's. But don't put comedian in there. There's got to sure. be jokes. Yeah, like my call, the co-host of my History of Hyenas podcast, Giannis Papas, he tweeted out something the other day, and I and I and I agreed with it. It's like as comedians. Like we were always the kids getting in trouble. Like we were always the guys crossing the line. So we're not offended. Yeah. We would be the one doing the offending. But now it's like when I see some of our peers being offended, I'm like, oh God, shut up. Dude. What do you mean you're offended? Make a joke about it. Yeah. You know, like, come on, man. We're comedians. You're forgetting what you're forgetting what you signed up for. People pay money to come into that comedy club or that theater to cross the line. That's why they're coming. They don't want to hear what's right. There shouldn't be there shouldn't be people leaving your show going, Well, that was interesting. No. They, they should, should be funny. Like they I'm know, that laughing. That was funny, man. Yeah, that was good. I had a good time doing that. Yeah, it's like listen and look. You know, you got political comedians that they talk about politics. That like Bill Maher. You know, like he he talks about politics a lot, but I don't ever feel like he's telling me what to do. I'm laughing at his idea of politics. I don't even know what side he's on to be dead. Yeah, honest I don't with know. You. I just laugh at him. <laughs> yeah, I'm laugh at him. I'm like, oh, this guy's funny because he's just a real comic. Yeah. With some other people, I'm like, so you're changing. It's like it's like they're not that funny. They're not that talented. So they're changing the game and the rules to fit them because really they're not very good and they're actually very weak. But they're very not good. Accurate. You know. So, yeah. but but they change the game and then this silent. This this kind of like very 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 loud minority, you know, writes blogs and stuff and makes us feel bad for shit. When it's like, no, really, man, what America wants? Well, I'll tell you what America wants. They don't give a fuck about this or that. They just want to laugh. If they, some dude from Iowa who's working, you know, on a farm all day, just wants to come down and laugh. He's yeah. not he's not being like, oh, but it, does this match my political message? Does this have enough of this or that? It's like, no, I just want to be funny, man. I laugh just as much at the show Blackish as I do at old episodes of Seinfeld. One's an all black family, one's an all white family. It's, I just laugh because they're both funny. Yeah, you know, I, there's and I, th I think the other thing is, I, you know, we get caught up in New York and L.A. being our these two uh, almost like fucking echo chambers yes. of what of what we hear our peers in these two cities. 
Man, you go to the middle of the country, there's a lot of different people. Hell yeah, dude. And there are a lot of people that don't know that Janine Garofalo talked about Louie. They, they don't, don't know. <laughs> they really don't dude, know. Dude, on Long Island, it's, 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 it's crazy. I, I was, I was um, um, uh, last year, I was on way, all the way out on Suffolk County, Long Island. So that's like, it's New York, but it's like, in, uh, like it's out there. Like there, it's pretty much like being in Iowa, but it's, it's in New York. Yeah. And I was talking to this girl. I was at an engagement party. I was talking to this girl and, you know, just joking, you know, flirting a little bit, whatever. And I was like, uh-oh, don't me too, me. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, me too. And this was a year ago, maybe even less, maybe eight months ago. And she was like, uh, what do you mean? And then she's like a school teacher. And then she asked one of her friends. I think her friend's name was Paulette because she's like real Long Island girls. She was like, Paulette. She was like, what's, what's me too? And she was like, what do you mean? What's me too? I don't know. She was like, and then I said to her, I said, what do you mean you don't know what Me Too is? And she goes, and then the girl said to me, she goes, you know, she was like, you live in the city. She was like, so you have all your agendas and shit. She was like, I live, I live in reality. I live on Suffolk County. She was like, so I don't know what Me Too is. And, I, and then I explained it to her and she was like, oh, she was like, no, it's cool. She was like, I think, yeah, fuck sexual harassment. She's yeah. like, but yeah, she's like, I, I don't know what all your hashtags are and movement. She's like, I don't care. She's like, I have a real job out here. I don't, I'm not outraged. And I was like, wow, it fucking hit me where it's like not, 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 not minimalizing any of the movements, but it's just like, yeah, some people just don't care. They truly don't care. Like in New York or LA, if you're using a plastic straw, people are like, what about the turtles? But if you go to Iowa, they're like, what are you talking about the turtles? What yeah. do you mean? Some of us don't have toilets, <laughs> you know, like we, we have, we have no money. What are you talking about? So it's just, it's an interesting thing when you do comedy and you go all over the, the country because you're like, oh, wow, you know, it's really like the media is very powerful. And yeah. you would think like all 400 million Americans feel this way, but all 400 million Americans do not feel the way that people in New York. And, and I mean, that's how Trump won. I mean, everyone, if you lived in New York or LA, you'd be like, how the hell could Trump win? But, you know, you or I touring across the country, I'm like, I knew he was going to win. I, t I called it. I called I it. We did the win. end of the world podcast. I said he's going to win. I of was course. just in Ohio. He will win Ohio. Sure. I made a joke about Trump. Yeah, and he will win Ohio. Yeah, and then and then sure enough, he won. And, and it was me, Bill Stanhope, and Rogan on stage. Yeah, and and all of us were like, of course he won. Yeah, like of like, and yeah. there were women crying in the audience. Sure, and and we were like, but this is what. This is what our country wanted. Right. Our country chose this. Yeah. Why would you, like, our country, this is how, the it was, dude, it was a, that whole, what's it like being, like, you're, a, you are a, a thumbprint of a human being that all of America's heard of. Right. But never gets to meet. Like a Long Island. Yeah. Like fucking Italian. Yeah. Like good looking. Like. Yeah. Almost not Jersey Shore, but like. Right. Jersey Shore light. Right. Like, what's that like when you go to, like, a place like Iowa and they get to see what they've only seen in movies? It's interesting because, you know, sometimes, like, I'll notice, like, they'll be laughing at, like, setups. And I'm like, why are they laughing? It took me a while. Why are they laughing? It's like, oh, because just the way I talk. Yeah. Like, just by a word I said, like, oh, he said it that way, stupid. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, oh, shit. So I think, you know, I think for for, like... You know, when I go to like the middle of the country and like and like do comedy clubs and stuff, I feel like there's a little bit of me that has to like give them what they want, like yeah. talk a little like, you know, but then I always try to like ease into like 
the shit that I want to talk about. Like, yeah. you know, but in the beginning, I have to be like, you know, coffee or like, you know what I'm talking about, guy. And you're like, oh, my God. But oh really, it's God. like, that's not how I talk. But, you know, these people paid. So it's like, talk like that. Give them a little bit. And then and then and then, you know, I do my material. But it it's it's weird. You know, what's we, you know, what's interesting, I feel like about like being a New Yorker. Yeah. It's like it's because like, look, let's be honest, like right now, you know, like straight white males, like people are mad at us. Right. You know, <laughs> and it's just what it is. But not New York guys. I just feel like because you know what it is like all my friends, you know, I mean, I got friends, cops, firemen, criminals, like all the, it's New York. It's like a melting pot, all different races, religions. Yeah. Like even if I say something. If if I ever said anything that was like borderline racist, it'll be funny. Number yeah. one, or a very big attempt to be funny, and it won't be racist. And I feel like the other race won't take offense to it because it's like, yo, I'm from New York, man. Like you know, you know. First, of all, I'm not gonna say anything derogatory, but it's like I make jokes. Like we joke around. Yeah. Like as many jokes as many jokes as I've made to my my black and Spanish friends, they've made back to me, and it's all good. I yeah, feel like you, you guys, need to have that, man. You guys had that growing up because you guys were. So multicultural. There was no segregation by us. See, we st we still had segregation in Florida growing up. Yeah, meaning like, I remember, I remember a black family lived in our neighborhood, and right. everyone was like, "Whoa!" Right. And I, I remember being like, "Really?" Right. Like, not, not thinking anything of it, but it was like we didn't have any black kids on our baseball team. Right. They, they played in a different league. Right. And then we would play them once a year. And it was very. It was pointed out we're playing the black people now. Sure, like it was. It was very Florida State and FAMU, two yeah. totally different campuses. Yeah, one black, one white, in the exact same city. Yeah, see, it, that's it's it. That's not a possibility growing up in New York City because the the island is too small, and there's just too many people. So it's like it's really hard to be racist in New York because the the person that you hate you will see when you walk outside. Yeah, and you're just going to see them. In Florida, you get in your car, you're in your bubble. You drive to work, you're in your bubble. Yeah, you get no. home, you're in your bubble. Yeah. You, you could go, you could go 18 years, probably. <laughs> it's crazy. I, mean, I think about my life. I, I really, I had maybe like if we're talking like close black friends, maybe two. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But everyone was Cuban. Yeah. Everyone was white. Uh. A couple Jewish guys. Yeah. But like it was, it was, uh, yeah, see, that's, see, that's interesting because, cause like I, it's fucking wild. Cause like my mom was so Catholic. It's so yeah. Catholic. Went to like Catholic grammar school, Catholic high school, Catholic college. So I knew all different, you know, races growing up, you know, Puerto Rican, black, Asian, white, whatever. I didn't befriend <laughs> meet and befriend my first Jewish person till I was 24 years old <laughs> in New York City where there's as many Jews. How is that possible? Bro, because my mom just kept it insulated with Catholicism. She just yeah. is all about being a Catholic and I just didn't meet any other Jews. And now, especially like in comedy, it's like, I'm surrounded, you better be surrounded by Jews or you're not successful. If your team's not mostly Jewish, you're not, I guarantee you most of your team is Jewish. Oh, I don't even to, know. You have to have a lot of Jewish reps. They're fucking good at what they do. And it's like, <laughs> You know, I don't know why anybody would ever take offense to that. Jews are they're someone just someone just said that someone uh, LeBron just said something like that. Yeah, but didn't he say like he did he say it in a stupid way? I don't no. know. Or he probably uh, didn't. LeBron he, doesn't do anything. It's like yeah, it's like now people he, want to attack he, he LeBron. He's a, building fucking schools. He quoted a, he quoted a um, a rap song about I got to get that Jewish money or something. What's the problem with that? I don't know. Well, I guess I guess maybe because like. They feel like oh they're all they're you know there's so many jokes about 
Jews only caring about money and blah, 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 blah. So I could see how somebody could find that offensive, but clearly that's not what LeBron meant. And clearly yeah. he's saying like, if you're a Jewish person, you're very good at making money. I don't know how that's a bad thing. Our friends are Jewish and he explained it to me. Um, something about the effect. I, I, I forget what it was, but it was like, uh, it's playing into the stereotype that the Jews control the banks and the, they control the, I forget what it was, but he was. But I, you I, know what, God, I mean, it's like. So what? You know, like Italian people are like, oh, you're in the mafia. It's like, listen, my dad, I don't know what he did for a living. Okay. <laughs> Things were paid for in cash. Yeah. I hadn't one of, you know, my uncle was murdered. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not in the mafia. Yeah. I don't know they're in the mafia, but it's like, you make a mafia joke. It's like, am I going to get offended by that? No, because it's close to the truth. I get it. And the movies immortalize shit. It's like, everybody wants to be so it's offended. Close to the truth. Yeah. It's like culture fucking. First of all, I read this book, Sapiens. That's what's wild about me. It's like, wait, wait, you I just, Sapiens? that's so funny. I just bought it on audiobook. Bro, wild fucking I, book. I started it. I, it was really intense. Like the first se sentence is something like, uh, uh, it, it, it was like, basically, we're going to be talking about humans. Yes. It's all about humans. And it's all about, you know, kind of culture and how we've evolved. You know, like how, like if we didn't have, if wheat wasn't growing at the right time with the right temperature, we would, we'd never evolved. How dogs, if we didn't have dogs, we would have never evolved. About culture, really what? I did, I, I read Half of Sapiens. Yeah. I, uh, the one thing that stuck with me was the greatest uh, realization of mankind is that we don't know everything. Bang. And that, yeah. cause, cause because, in the Bible's time, yeah. it was like, well, if, if you don't know how a spider web is built, you don't have to know because God knows. That's all God that you knows. need to know. Yeah. And then once they said, well, hold on, I want to find out. How a yeah. I don't know how. Like yeah. God had the answers for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and, and it's true. It's like, it's like, you, you know, it just kind of makes you feel like, yeah, we're just. Wait, why, what about dogs? What, what was it about so dogs? So with dogs, so what it basically was is like wolves, you know, like, like without the domestication of dogs, we would have never been able to advance as a, as a species because um, basically, you know, we've been around here for roughly 2 million years, like on this planet, fucking dicking around, but we really only like, you know, like as civilization really was, I think it's about a hundred, 150,000 years old because for most of human existence, most of human existence, we were just another animal on the plane. So we would be eaten by lions, hyenas. We would just be eaten alive by them. Like anybody, like any other animal will be right now. Yeah. But once we started to domesticate wolves, we started to, what we would do is wolves, you know, cause that, that's what a dog is. It's just like, you know, yeah. it's evolved into a dog. We would um, give them bones of the, uh, we figured out that if we gave a wolf a bone, they wouldn't attack us. And then, throughout years and years and years of evolution wolves start packs of wolves start to come around and be like you know hey don't kill the don't kill that species don't eat them because we we're being eaten alive by wolves all the time left and right don't eat them because they just give us bones and then we can get the marrow out of the bones and we don't have to starve so it started to domesticate they started it started to like just a natural domestication of them they started to bark because it was all you know selfish at, 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 at first they just started to bark and make sounds and howl at lions and tigers coming to attack humans because like we don't want to fucking get your bones so we were able because we had basically protection we were able to evolve and then we were able to figure out to like make spears and be able we were the only we're still obviously the only animal we can kill something from a distance every other animal has to come right up to you and kill you so we can throw and kill things and then we just started to become then we started to just 
you know, light years, you know, in the last hundred thousand years, yeah. we've 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 obviously further than any other animal in history because we've just been a, we we had the protection of the dogs. And then he goes on to talk about culture, where he's like, "Listen, culture is important, but he's you got to understand, culture is just like whatever your culture is. Understand that what you're really what you're really practicing, the traditions you're really practicing, are probably the traditions of the group you used to hate." So he said, your ancestors, your great, 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 great grandmother didn't, was fighting to do something else, but then they were conquered. And then these traditions, what you have now will all of a sudden put into, you know, your daily life because you were owned by somebody else. So you don't even know. So like to say, oh, this is my culture. You don't know what you're talking about because really, because, because what you're saying about your culture, you're, you know your ancestor 500 years in the past would say, why would you do that? That's what, that's what the people we were fighting against used to do, but you lost the war. So that's what that's culture, crazy. culture is just this bunch of things that everybody just rapes and kills each other. Like, that's what I don't like. Everybody wants to fight now and be like, well, animals just rape and kill each other. That's what they do. That's what that, it, 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 people are discussed where, okay. So another part of the book, which is fucking nuts. It talks about um, how we all, you know, obviously uh, evolved from, you know, they say common ancestor, but this guy's not so sure it's a common ancestor anymore because he says there were homo sapiens, which was what, you know, we are. But really, it's what homo sapiens. And when I say we, I mean white people, white people come from one group and then other races come from another group. And the homo sapien, or I'm sorry, the homo rectus group, I believe. Um, I know there's somebody out there being like, you're a fucking idiot. You're getting these wrong. But you know what I'm, t if you read the book, you know what I'm, you know, the part I'm talking about says that actually the, 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 the people who developed into Caucasians, we were the nastier, we were the nastier ape. We, we evolved from the nastier, more vicious ape really? to take over other, not take over, but like, we just were a more vicious ape than what this guy, this author feels like other races where, what ape they derive from. Cause that, you know scientists feel everybody derived from an ape so different but different kinds so it was this interesting part of the book where he was like look i'm not saying there's differences one group's superior one group's not but to say we're all cut from the same cloth he says science doesn't believe so but it's Whoa. common knowledge and and you know he said but you know people will not believe that and that's why there's religion because religion religion is just you know his his points is like religion is just defense mechanisms against the truth because the truth is that we're not cut from the same cloth, in his opinion, and we are vicious, vicious animals that are have killed off, I believe he said 98% of all living things, humans have killed them. So we are number one, not even close, the biggest predator ever that's ever existed on this planet. Big, wow. We've killed everything that's ever we've come into existence with, we kill it all. And so it was like pretty wild, that book. It made me feel like happy and sad at the same time. It made me feel sad in the sense like shit like we are scumbags but then it was made me feel happy in the sense where it's like oh i don't really control anything and i'm nothing but everything at the same time like i'm part of the universe so therefore i matter but i don't it, it kind of is freeing like i've had the least anxiety in my life now because really? i just i have this belief where it's like i just feel like i'm not going to save the world I don't think that I'm going to save the fucking world. I'm, I, I care about my kid. I care, anybody who comes into my life and my existence, you know, like men, women, children, any race, religion, I treat them all the same. 
I treat everybody the same. I have respect for everybody, but I don't think I'm going to like, I'm not going to stay up at night. Think worrying about what's happening to somebody in another country. I can't help them. I, if, if they were in front of me, I would help them, Yeah, but I can't. And so my, my, my anxiety started to go away. And, and to be honest with you, since I started to remove myself a little bit from Catholicism and just be like, listen, it's, it's something that was instilled in me and it's okay. But like when I started to realize like, listen, I can't, I can, I, if I, if I don't go to church, it's okay. If I masturbate, it's okay. I used to really adhere to the rules of Catholicism when my life was really hard. It was really fucking hard. Really? A lot of anxiety. I had a lot of guilt. A because lot I think, of guilt. I had I, that. Because I think with Catholicism, one thing that I realized just from being a part of it was like, what I do here, Catholics feel like what you do here on earth places you in heaven. We're like, for the most part, Jews don't think that. Jews are like, listen, when you die, you're in the dirt, baby. It's what it is. Be a good person, <laughs> but you're in the dirt. Can't help you anymore. Where Catholics are like, oh, if you don't do this and do that, you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to purgatory. You're not going to see your family. And once I said, you know what? That's just some guy talking. I'm going to choose to live my life not talking shit about the Catholic church and talking shit about this priest, but just saying, Hey buddy, you got your right. You say whatever you want. I'm not going to listen to that anymore. Yeah. My life has, has gotten, I think, you know, for, I'm spiritual. I, I, I feel like, listen, if I'm treating everybody kind, I'm doing the right thing. I don't want to hurt anybody. If, if any, you know, if, if you dropped a dollar, I'd be like, Hey buddy, and give it back to you. Like, I don't want to hurt anybody, but a Catholicism you have to do all that, but also go to church and give them money. It just, it, it, and I used to live my life like that. I, ever since I got away from that and you know, if my mother heard this, she'd fucking, she'd cry, but it's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, she uses religion to shield herself from the truth too. A lot of people just don't want to self check. They don't want to check in with themselves. It's yeah. hard to fucking check in. I see ugly shit about myself all the time, but I feel like the best version of me now. I'm not selling tickets, but who gives a fuck? <laughs> when did you start? When did you start reading? I started reading. Um, I learned to read a week ago. No, I, st I started, <laughs> I started reading. I started reading about, were you always a reader? I was one of those guys. So it's weird about me. I, I, you know, grew up in, you know, Brooklyn, you know, I'd have like this, you know, Italian mafia family, you know, my family's very old school in New York, but I have a doctorate degree in physical therapy. I know it's fucking wild. When I showed up to the first day of doctorate level program, you know, I'd gotten in, I swear to God, the, 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 the dean of the school thought I was the janitor. That's just what she thought. Cause yeah. I came in, I was like, well, you know, where's room 501? And she goes, where's your supplies? And I was like, well, I was told to bring this, this, and this. She goes, no, cleaning supplies. I swear. And I was like, well, I, what do you mean? And she's like, are you here for this? There was a spill in the back. We called for a janitor. And I said, no, I'm a student. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, okay. So then, <laughs> you know, she was like, did that white lady thing. You got it. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> so I, I, my mom is highly educated. My mom's like very, um, uh, uh sophisticated and articulate and she was always about like you need to go to school you need to better yourself are you an only child i'm an only child okay. but my dad's a criminal like my dad was in and out of jail like my parent truthfully my parents met at a walkathon my my mom was walking in the walkathon uh because she was i think she was raising money for like breast cancer or something like a really good thing and my dad was doing community service on the side of the walkathon like my dad was doing community service for a crime he committed on the side of the walkathon and was flirting with my mom and fucking banged her and then <laughs> and then had me so it was just like there are opposite people so i think the uh, my sound how i sound my inflection and my appearance is more like my dad but my brain is closer to my mom because yeah. my because I grew up with my mom. You know, my mom. She was like, "You will not, you will not, uh, end up like your dad. You won't yeah. end up." And even my dad said that. My dad was like, "Look, 
I, listen, man. He's like, I had no, you know, I didn't, I didn't educate myself. I didn't better myself. I got with the wrong people. Like, I don't want that to happen for you. So I have my doctorate degree and, and I'm happy I have it because it's like, you know, I'm happy I took the chance to do comedy, but it's not even that I ever want to fall back because I, I, I'm, I'm very motivated to never have to do physical therapy again. But it's just, it's just for me, it's like every time I pay whatever it is, my $800 a month towards my student loan, it feels like an insurance policy. I'm paying like an insurance policy for my life. Cause you know, as it is like, yeah. you're never going back anywhere now with your career. You made it to the top but you know, when you, you know, you know how it was 10 years ago. It's like shit, man. Dude, I definitely, I, I've, I had, for me, I had to have no, I had to have no exit strategy. You had to. Yeah. I, I could not have anything to fall back on. And then I knew I just wouldn't give up. Right. I was right. like, I got I, it's this or nothing. But how how many years have you been like really selling tickets? Even if it's comedy club weekends. I know it's theaters now, but even when it was just like selling out the comedy club Thursday to Saturday before you even landed in that city, boom, it sold out. Three. That it's been three years for that. So majority years. of your comedy career, it's been like, hey papered. man, I'm I'm trying to sell tickets here. Papered. Yep. Every room was papered. I remember I learned a great deal uh working in those funny bones because they you'd go in and uh, and they'd be like, and you'd be like, oh, nice, sold out. And they'd be like, no. Yeah. I remember this guy, Doc, was like, uh, he ran Dayton. Yeah. He was like, um, he was like, let me show you what sold out looks like. Yeah. Sold out, there's going to be people facing the other direction too. Like, you understand? Yeah. And I was like, he's like, you'll have people in the booths and in the chairs. Right. And he's like, every chair being full, that's sold out. Every single chair. Right. That's sold out. And I went, oh. Oh. And so I was good at papering clubs because like, I could do great radio. Right. Like, you you probably missed the day when it was, when radio yeah. mattered. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't, but it does, it does, it does in some markets. Right. Like, D.C., it still very much matters. Right. Um, Florida, Tampa, it still very much matters. Um. Right, but I, I feel like I, I, I'm sure it it matters like acutely to to get the ticket sales. But I feel like the only I don't know any person right now. I can't think of one comedian who's selling out tickets who who's newly selling out who doesn't have a, a kick ass podcast. It's the only way. I mean, do you feel like yeah. if, if you remove your podcast, do you feel like you're selling the way you're selling? No. No, no not. not at all. Because Birth of Conquer was a great show, but it didn't oh, produce. Oh, did, Travel Channel didn't move the dial for it me did, at it all. Did, you didn't. You, so everybody knew who you were, but people weren't coming to your shows. The biggest thing, the biggest difference in in my career was, I think the the machine story I did what Sebastian did, where I cut up my that was Showtime special, millions put it of views. everywhere. Yeah, and, and uh, you did it. You, they told you did it like against them. Like, yeah, like they, they were supposed to, to do that. I almost got sued by them. Why? But I don't understand that. Like, why? Like, doesn't it just bring them? Value. I mean, you, it was clear as day where, where you shot it. You know, the logo was still there. No, uh, they did not see it that way. They uh, stupid. Someone snitched on me. I don't know who it uh, it was. Let's fucking find them. You want me to find them? I think Call I know. Tony D. I think I know who it is. But uh, <laughs> it's Joe Coy. <laughs> it, was, it definitely wasn't <laughs> no, Joe. No, just because he's but, standing uh, over. Someone he gets snitched more on me and said, um, went to Showtime and was like, "Hey, I want to put my special online, like mm -hmm. Bert." And they're like, "What?" And yeah. they're like, Bert's got like his whole special on his Facebook page. Right. And they're like, what do you mean? I had 39 minutes of my special on my Facebook page. <laughs> and it was getting tons of views. Millions. Millions, millions of views. And, and on Showtime, it had kind of just come and went? Or did it do well on Showtime as did well? did not do well on Showtime. It just came and went. It just came and went. I remember them saying that, you know, maybe you should wear a shirt. We think that that would be a big reason someone God, would change the me? channel. I don't want to see you with a shirt on. <laughs> yeah, but the, no one had seen me do oh. this before. And they were like, I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. They're like, yeah. uh, they're like, you know, 
you're not really attractive shirtless. <laughs> and I no, was but like, you are though. See, that's the thing about you is you're like, see, I'm one of those guys, like people always think like I'm in good shape, but I mean, if I took off my shirt right now, it look like the melting candle from beauty and the beast. I just have like full tits. <laughs> my, the name of my special is size 38 waist. Yeah. Cause I just have bitch hips, but like, so it's bitch for me, hips. it's like, if I took off my shirt, girls would be like, Ooh, or people would be like, Oh, I thought that was going to be something different. But you, it's like, you just know what it is. You're yeah. the guy you drink, you have a good time. You're not expecting anything. And you just look like a fucking man. It, it was, it was, was a odd branding choice <laughs> like yeah. it was like because they they were like it's a, i think it's a bad idea and then i did it and then the machine story went viral and then immediately it was like this recognition of oh the guy with this shirt off i know that guy yeah and like people would come up to me at the airport and be like i know you and i'd be like no and they'd be yeah. like no i know you and then yeah. they go oh i didn't recognize you with your shirt on <laughs> it's but uh but now you get stopped now they know your name it's ne different yeah. now. Now it's your Burt Kreischer. They know who it is. It's different. The, the Netflix special, I think, yeah. once again, shirtless was really good because people, it was an identifiable characteristic. Right. It's like if you wore the same thing on stage every time, they were like, yeah. oh, that guy. Yeah. The shirtless guy. Yeah. Um, you're the only guy whose comedy, when you're doing it and you laugh at your own stuff, it doesn't bother me. It makes me laugh harder. <laughs> Dude, I, I just love it. Don't ever lose that. I have that. a joke. I have a joke. Yeah. I'll I'll that about that yeah. on this show on this special I'm doing but yeah and so podcasting really changed the game Rogan being friends with Joe and right. and getting on his podcast early yeah. kind of established all of our podcasts as yep. like as like one of the places they could go right you know so and Joe was really Joe was very still is Joe is the most generous it seems like really it. kind of like uh Hey man, there's enough for everyone, kind of guy. Yeah, like he he's the dude. I could go on and on about Joe. I've done it a million times. He's the biggest one change in my career was meeting him because he was he's told me I had to tell the machine story. It's right. my most identifiable bit. Yeah. He was like, you have to tell it on stage, and and literally, so you weren't even telling it on stage at one point, dude. I told it on. I told it on. Loveline, I told her on Elliot in the Morning. I told her on my buddy Cowhead show. I told it a couple different places. And then I told it in Philly at WDBE. And everyone that I told, they were like, you know, we play that story. And it's like the most requested story. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I did Rogan's podcast and we talked about the Tracy Morgan story. And I was like, hey, when I come back, remind me to tell you about the time I got involved with the Russian mafia. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I literally, I think I went back like two weeks later, yeah. three weeks later. And he's like, dude, everyone's hit me up for this Russian mafia story. So I tell the story. Joe loves it. He gets, he's like, you got to tell it on stage. And he goes, no, wow. do you tell it on stage? I go, no. Yeah. And he goes, you got to tell it on stage. I go, yeah. it's not a stage story, Joe. Yeah. And he's like, listen, everyone listening right now. Now, by the way, I don't know what his subscribership was then. Right. But it was not what it is today. Right. But he was like, everyone listening right now. When Bert goes on stage, chant the machine until he tells the story. Keep yelling the machine until he tells the story. Force him to tell it. And he goes, I'm telling you, this story will change your career. And I was like, I, I just talked to him about this the other day. And I was wow. like, and I was like, okay. So I go to I go to Columbus that next week and I sell tickets. At the Funny Bone? Yeah. Or the at, theater? At the Funny Bone. Funny Bone. I got, I remember I got, I, I remember and this. And this is three years ago only? Three, four years ago? No, no, no. This, this was is longer. This is, uh, I'll tell you right now. Um, I, I did, just did this on Laughable the other day. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I mean, fucking love um, it. Laughable, you can find all the podcasts people are, I've ever been on. And I did my name. That's great, Laughable. And I did my name and I saw when, I can tell you what episode, what year this was. Yeah, because I feel like it's 
It's not so long ago, but it's also not, you know, it's not like it was yesterday. I mean, I've been I, I've been on Rogan a, a bunch, I guess. Because I feel like comedians, we we've all known who you are for years and years and years, but now it's a totally different level. Now the world knows. Guest on, here we go, oldest first, here we go. This was in 2011. 2011 is when you told that story and started to sell, for the first time in your career, sell on tickets. April 5th, 2011. It's when you started to start. I went, I went, I wasn't, I had not sold, ever sold a ticket. Like, like I mean, it, I, like, it would just uh, be brutal. Like 2000, like bare minimum, minimum payment weekends kind no, of No, yeah. I was making, at the time I was making, I was probably making 2000 a weekend, 3000 yeah, like a weekend. Staying in the condo, yeah. all that shit. No, not staying in the condo, but I would get bonuses in 2011 i was getting i was getting bonuses i got uh i was at the columbus funny bone i did seven shows one thursday two friday three saturday one sunday yeah what is that is that seven that's seven hold on my daughter's calling yeah. all right pick it up give me a second what's up baby hey the burger place opened oh for real yes. yeah shut the fuck up oh my lord <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome i'm doing a podcast i'll call you back okay okay all right bye love bye. you love you Shit. So 2011, Tom and Christina come over to my house that Monday, right? So I, I do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's what's that? Set three, two, the seven shows. Right. I go in to do radio and people are calling Dave and Jimmy and they're like, oh, is this the machine? And Dave and Jimmy are like, what's the machine? I go, it's a story I told on Rogan. Yeah. And they're like, what is it? So I tell it there. And then I go to the show that night on Thursday and it's sold out, but not sold out, but it's it's half papered. Right. Like it's sold. There are a lot of sold tickets, but it's pay, papered. Right. But my bonus was papered or sold. It didn't matter if it, if it was sold out. It didn't right. matter. It's just, so I go up Thursday and I do start doing my act. I get towards the end, and the guy goes, "The machine." They're all yelling, "The machine!" Wow! And I go, "Guys, I'm not going to tell it." And then this kid in the front row goes, "Hey, man!" Like loud enough for the whole room for ear, for the whole room to hear. He goes, "Hey, man, we understand that it won't be good yet, but in order for it to get good, Bert, you got to tell it." And, and like, this guy just says this to you. Says this. It's like your own mind speaking to you. And yeah, and he goes, and the guys in the back, the guys are in the back. They're like, "Yeah, man, don't worry, we're here for you, man. Just tell wow. it. You got to tell it." You know, Rogan said you got to tell it, and and trust me, it's okay if it's bad. So I go, so I gave okay. you confidence right there. So I tell it, and it didn't do well, uh, but they clapped, and then I got done, and they're like, cool. And the next show, same thing. They're yelling, the machine, the machine. I go, guys, I'm not. And, and then another guy goes, come on, man. Rogan said you got to tell it. You got to tell it. And so I'm like, fuck. So I tell it again, and then I go back, and Dave Stroop's like, that's a great story. I go, yeah. And he goes, uh, so you're gonna tell that every show. And I go, no. And so on the third show Saturday that week, I didn't tell it. Right. And Dave comes back and he goes, hey, man, I got some guys in the in the bar that are a little upset. They drove all the way from dot, 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 and you didn't tell the machine story. They're waiting for you out there. They want to hear the machine story. What? So I go out to the bar. This is like the first week telling. I go out to the bar and I tell it to these guys. And they it's go, like How a 20-minute story, right? At the time, it's at the time it's probably a 15, 17-minute story. Wow. So I go to these guys and they go, hey, man, Joe said you have to tell that, man. You got to tell it. Bert, if you want to be a better comic, you got to tell it. Don't worry about killing, but like you got to better comics challenge themselves. Like it's this mantra, right? They're right. legit comedy fans. Right. So then I was like, fuck it. I'm telling it every show. So I told it every show. I sold out all seven shows, comped and sold. And, I, and Dave Stroop's like, uh, you get, 
uh, they did, I had really big bonuses then. Yeah. And he's like, uh, you get $1,000 per bonus Woo. for sold out. And I went, really? And he goes, but I, he didn't tell me why I sold He goes, do you want it in cash or in a check? I go, I'll just take it in cash. So he gave me $7,000 in cash. <laughs> Tom and Christina came over and I was making it rain on my daughters. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that. And how many years into comedy was that? How long were you doing stand-up professionally? Or just... I'm trying to think. So 2011, I'm 2019 right now, that was eight years ago? Eight years ago. Eight years ago, I was 37. Wow. I was 37, 38. So you were doing comedy for a while. And you it, just fucking... I, I, was, yeah. I started comedy in, in when I was 26. Yeah. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. So 99. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, And that's why like it's like... As a comedians, like sometimes when I see a comedian who's very young, age-wise, it's like he, he or she may may be funny, maybe not, but they're just ultimately going to get better. Like anybody who I sit and laugh, laugh, laugh hard, they've been through some shit, man. Dude. Like I'm 34, I've been doing comedy eight, nine years yet, and I feel honored for things that I've been able to get, but I feel like I'm nowhere near where I need to be yet. Dude, I gotta, I gotta keep working. At 34, I was headlining. <laughs> I was headlining. I had two kids. And I remember someone saying to me, you're the youngest headliner in the chain, in the franchise. Wow. And I went, huh? Yeah. And I looked at the lineups and I was like, yeah, yeah. it was me. Steve Byrne was like 34, yeah. but like we were the youngest. Segura wasn't headlining yet. He was still like featuring. He was in his, he was probably 28 at the time, right. but that was maybe 26. Wow. But yeah, that 34 was, it was a good fucking time. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. I, I I feel like, um, you know, like I, you know, I have um, an hour, an hour special coming out, Comedy Central, size thirty-eight waist, Friday, January eighteenth, and I'm proud of it. I'm certainly yeah. proud of it. But I just feel like, you know, and it's and it's and it's the t last ten year, nine, ten years of of my work, so it, it's great. But I feel like ten years from now, I'll look back at this special. I'm hoping and be like, oh wow, remember when I used to do that shit? You know, oh, the, oh that special right yeah, there, yeah, yeah, comfortably yeah. dumb. If yeah. I went through and told you those jokes. I would. I'm embar not embarrassed of them, yeah. but I go. That was me trying to write for what was selling at the time. Right. There's a book by uh, called "The Art of War" or "The oh, War of Art." I think "The Art of War." Or the Art of yeah, War. Yeah, I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. And and uh, and it it talks about a hack. And I didn't. <coughs> I definitely didn't think I was a hack back then. But I look at that set, and there are three things that I did right. Right. And I went, oh, that's that I'm still doing. Right. But the most of it was like, get you ever get pulled over by a cop? You ever get, uh, yeah, you, know, yeah, like, yeah. You, know, you ever get drunk and get an attack? It was all fun boy jokes, right? And <laughs> now I look at the special I put out from show on Showtime, and I go, that was closer to it. Yeah. And then I look at the special I just put out, and I go, okay, we're getting better. Yeah. Now I look at the material I'm right now. I'm like, God damn it, man! It's getting. I good. wish I could have done this back then. It's getting good now. Yeah. I feel I feel the same way. I'm and, and I believe you because it's just like these natural progressions. I mean, even comedians who like you know Bill Burr say, I bet you he doesn't like his first special as much as he likes his last. Yeah, you know, it's just keep getting fucking better. At Have shit. you seen his new material? Yes, it's unbelievable, dude. It's on. He is. I can't explain to you like how fucking my because because first of all i've been around i don't know him well but he he seems like just a guy like you really got to know him because there's been times like i've tried like you're just such an easy guy to talk to it's just yeah. easier like you know i remember one time you you know you barely even knew me a year ago and you like bought me drinks at the comedy store you're just like the coolest guy it's like everybody if you don't like you then it's like you're the problem you know it's like everybody <laughs> yeah. likes bert but like with bill i feel like i was around him and i was like hey what's up you know i'm a comedian a big fan and he just like looks at you 
you know, fuck out of here. And it's just like, there's like that, that anger that he has that I laugh so fucking hard at Dude. as, as, as just an audience member. It's like how he is in person. It's like, I like that about him where it's like, Hey, he's like, listen, dude, like, I don't give a fuck, man. He's like, I'm in my own world. I'm, I'm writing my jokes. I'm doing my thing. He's intense. Like, he's probably not the best hang, but I don't care. I just he's love fun, watching him. He's a fun hang. He's a fun, well, he's like, a fun hang because he, what he does is he'll, he's, his brain never stops. Right. So, like, if you like his stand up, hanging yeah. out with him is awesome. Yeah. Because he's literally, like, yeah. just, not not working on bits but working his brain yeah so that like well, well no no i'm sure that i meant like fun hang like it is sets like like you are like you're just a fun oh, guy no, no he's like, not he's an intense hang. like we can laugh you know like if, if you don't agree with me be like i oh, whatever agree to disagree but he'll be like you know he'll go out if i'm like listen i yeah. think babe ruth was better than mickey mantle and he goes opposite he, fuck and it's like so that's what i meant but you i'm sure it's amazing if, and if you say something at all yeah. woke he's gonna call you on it yeah just, i said fuck something you. toxic masculinity the other day and he goes dude what the fuck are you even saying that for <laughs> See, that's what I, that's the only, I love being in New York and I love, but that I just feel like, and I, I have so many friends in New York, but I feel like guys that are really fucking doing it, all you guys are out here. Like all the things well, that are I blowing think, people up, you guys are out here. No, but you guys have a generation that is going to, I think going to fucking shake things up pretty aggressively Yeah, because all you guys are like, uh, are like, young, you guys are, I would argue uh, that New York's got better joke, right? Guys writing more jokes. Right. Per, um, per, like just more jokes. I think we're yeah. we're all working on hours out here. It's like yeah. you guys are working on hours, but you're also just fucking tearing through material. Tearing through material. Yeah, it, that's true. Well, you know what? There's so you much. You guys, you, Giannis, Sam, uh, Mark, Joe. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michelle Wolf. Michelle Wolf. Yeah. Fucking Mulaney's out there. Mulaney, like, Michael Che. Michael Che. There's a whole... I didn't, yeah. I didn't mean to leave out someone, anyone. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, yeah, there's plenty of There's us, plenty, yeah. but you guys all have a... And it's a younger, it's a younger scene than our scene. It is. Our scene is all 45-year-old to 50-year-old dudes. Yeah, see, now at the Comedy Cellar, it's, it's like... It's all like it's, 30s. We're in our 30s. Some of us late 20s. Some of those guys late 20s. Um, yeah, I, I can see that. I think there's a lot of... If you just want to get on stage, yeah, I mean, we could do 50 shows in a week in new york i just feel like we can do three in a night geographically yeah see like three like like and that's a lot you're doing the and that's OR, a lot yeah that you're, you're gonna have to run over to the improv at one point now see comedy sellers got three rooms running simultaneously so on the weekends if if if, if she really if sd the booker the comedy seller really books you hard i mean you could do you could do 12 shows in one night and not even break a sweat because they're all there there's just three shows running simultaneously they do uh you know four different four different shows uh a, a weekend uh, a night on the weekends and and you're you're just going around the corner people do it all the time so you just if it now you can go on autopilot and just do the same set and try to get it for cash and that's that's up to you but if you want to work on shit you have the opportunity if you're a comedy seller comic that's great which is great so that that but i just feel like you know like especially like because i mentioned so much about podcasting it's like you rogan theo vaughn segura all you guys are out here you know yeah. the podcasts that we have back home are some of them are, are big. You know Ari's podcast is Ari's out there, and you know guys we fucked. But I feel like there's it feels like, you know, because a lot of people say at least back in New York, oh we don't need to go to L.A. anymore. We got our whole thing here, and that's true. New York is a lot bigger than it was ten years ago in entertainment. But you still you can't make it in entertainment. You have to come out here. Yeah, LA's, at some point you have to come LA's out. LA is a mandate at some. You point. have to. You, you can't know? just go fuck L.A. You know what you guys had that like there was a generation just a little older than me not really but like the but like i think a lot of the guys our age 
and I'm a little younger than that, but our age guys, I think they all died in New York. Yeah, like like, like the, Geraldo. Geraldo Patrice. Patrice. Yeah. You know, like I think, and, and they had, we were just talking about this the other day with someone, we were talking about how every... Your your city, LA or New York, you need like a, a like a leader, like a guy, right. like a guy to the guy that's famous, right? That helps everyone out, right? And for, and for you, you guys, guys, it's Rogan. For you guys, it was Colin Quinn for a long time. Cause Colin Quinn, yeah. Colin Quinn, kind of put the stamp on everyone with his Comedy Central show. With his and and it was like it was huge. So Colin Quinn is it's like you know five years ago, you know I I knew Colin Quinn as just a, a fan, like I, everybody knew who he was, but now like Colin Quinn is like a personal friend of mine and, and it's not like he's friends with everybody but like we talk and hang out weekly because you know i'm from brooklyn he's from brooklyn we like took the like he took this liking to me um and colin quinn has given me like better advice and 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 just like more confidence than any other person in my life has ever like when i speak to colin like i mean i'm going to his wedding i'm like i'm like in i'm like a part of colin's life he's now great and i just feel like my career and and con- even if my career hasn't changed, my comedy has gotten so much better, and it's because of Colin. Because he's hanging out with a he guy won't like let Colin. You, he won't let you go unchecked. Like if he sees you at, at the comedy cellar and he doesn't like a joke you're doing, or he, or he'll come up and be like, "Hey, Chris, you know this doesn't work because of this, or try this, or try that," and he's on you because he doesn't have any kids, and he's told me he's like, "I want to see you," meaning me. He's like, "I want to see you really make it. I really want to." He's like, "Cause I I like you and and like we're like." Just buddies. I mean, Colin. Qu- I was born August 26, 1984. Colin Quinn started comedy July 26, 1984. So Colin Quinn started comedy a month before I was born. So he's been doing comedy my whole life. So when he <laughs> says something to me, I really listen. And he doesn't have as a powerful podcast as, as say, like like a Rogan does or like you guys do. But I, I agree with you. He is our leader in the sense that he helps us get so much better because he's constantly like, hey, try this, try that. Well, that's Rogan's, Rogan's work yeah. ethic is Rogan runs at a stallion's pace. Right. But, but literally, you know how stallions just don't get out of breath. Right. And so to, in order to keep pace with him, which I think like Andrew Santino, Theo Vaughn, Santino too, uh, right. Brandon Shaw, I think no. Callan myself segura are more like we'll stop by the store but these guys are there they're fucking every single night and rogan's there every single night right and i think i think it's that guy that keeps you honest and makes you work harder you know and you need and you need a guy like that because look the truth of the matter is this man like everybody's got a podcast now everybody's doing something it's like it ain't that easy to sell tickets anymore people have a lot of options yeah a lot of options it's like you know like so you need somebody like that to keep you honest and to keep you motivated or else you're just going to fail. I mean, if you don't adapt to these times, you're just going to start to see a lot of our peers just fail because there's no room for anybody anymore. We it's yeah. we, we got a lot of people here. It's but you know? you know, I think and it's also one of those things that Rogan kind of put us all over and by getting us to start our podcast and then being like you yeah. know, hey, you gotta you gotta be doing that every week, man. You know, you gotta be yeah. uh, do your podcast every week. Yeah. You know, you gotta add video to it. You gotta get video you gotta to do that, it. and it's gotta be good quality video. I mean, I'm, I've, I'll t- I tell this story all the time. I I remember when Bill and Joe told me I was backstage at the store, right? And they were like, uh, "You need to quit your TV show. Like it's, it's wow. not that good, and uh, you're a better comic than you are." Like I remember Bill going, "What are you like? A, what are you gonna be like a famous guy? Do you wanna be like a famous guy?" Yeah, like, what, like a host, like, huh? Yeah, and he was like, "You're a comic, man, dude, fucking yeah." Drop the TV show. And I remember Bill and Joe going, "What's your nut? Like, what do you got to make a year?" 
And I told them, and they're like, you could do that with stand-up and podcasting. And I was like, really? And I was like, they're like, yeah, yeah, if you focus on stand-up. Wow. And I was like, okay. And then surreptitiously, not surreptitiously, serendipitously, yeah. I was fired from Travel Channel the next month. Wow. And I was like, I was like, uh, I'll take you guys up on that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just fucking went to the store every single chance I had. Yeah. You know, still trying to be a dad, but like going to the store every Tuesday, doing, trying to do... OR and the main room and belly room on Tuesdays. Yeah, do a Tuesday on Wednesday. Hidden by the improv, improv on Wednesday. And then um, and going on the road as much as possible. And then I became obsessive about that special, about yeah. about the next hour and yeah. touring. Dude, I, I'm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's. Yeah, I think podcasts also, we have so much free time here. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of us, we can only do a couple spots. So I think podcasting was like, well, yeah. fuck, you got to. And it's also like, I feel like podcasting too, it's like, you know, your fans really know you. Now, hopefully, like, they got to know me today. It's like, in a five-minute late fan, night set. My fans are going to absolutely love you. Yeah? I, oh, good. I, I, am I right about that, Hoffman? Good. Because you have it, no fucking idea. You oh, have no fucking idea. Oh, great. Because you... Because I feel like we, were, we, weren't, we weren't being as funny towards the later half, but you said your ribs were hurt, and I was like, let's just get oh, no, serious. Oh, no, 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 no. It was great. In the, we could start talking about chlamydia again, whatever you want. <laughs> Dude, my fans are going to fucking love you. Oh, good. There's no question about it. Oh, like, good. It's, uh, I, you can tell when you do a podcast, you're like, you're like oh, this, these, this one's going to be good. And when I could, when I was in wincing in pain, because I thought you just laugh at everybody. That's okay. No, good, good, good. No, good. no, no. I just did a podcast earlier today, and I didn't laugh once. <laughs> it was, it was just a zero. <laughs> you, oh, you, oh, got, it got heated. That'll be a good episode too. <laughs> I don't know if it will be. Oh, I hope I want to hear that one. Be. I'll tell you who it is later. Oh, great! And you'll go. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> Oh, oh. Dude, would you would you move out here? I you know, I would only if if I could bring my daughter. I I, yeah. I can't. I just and I and I parents who want to you know who say you know what I'm, I need to go out there and it's about my career and it'll, it'll better my child to be away from them. Fine, no problems. But I just I wouldn't be happy if my daughter was on the other side of the country. So if I could, if I got an opportunity out here, yeah. So like right now in New York, I have you know I have my hour special, and then I sign like an overall deal with Comedy Central. So I'm developing a cartoon about my life with them, and it's all in New York. So oh, if those great. things get on and, and take off, then I could stay in New York. But if if it if it misses again, um, yeah, I mean I got I want this career to work. So I would I would fl- I, I wouldn't mind raising my daughter in LA. I think would, you, be- would you move the mom out too? I would move my yeah her mom yeah her mom's career is very flexible right now she's a she's like you know personal trainer she teaches Zumba it's like the most stereotypical Puerto Rican thing to do I'll be doing Zumba and shit that's what I do and she has a tattoo in her tit it's so fucking great she's <laughs> such like you would see her and be like that girl's so hot but like obviously don't get her pregnant and I just obviously got her pregnant <laughs> just immediately <laughs> so hot obviously don't get her yeah, pregnant it's like my boy's like well obviously pull out she has a tattoo in her tit when I was like nope. Wait, Sign did, me up for life. Did you, did you come inside her? <laughs> yes. The first time I just pounded her and then I blasted my whole load inside her. And I was like, was that bad? And she's like, well, <laughs> dude, I fucking blasted my whole nut inside her. I'm out of my mind. <laughs> I didn't even know her. I knew her for an hour. She was just so hot. She was so hot. I just couldn't. I love Puerto Rican girls. I fucking love Spanish women. And she was just my type. And she was beautiful. And we were just making out. And she was riding me. And I just let it fly, baby. I just let <laughs> like, it fly. They say it's hard to get people pregnant, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, you're not pregnant, right? And she was like, I mean, it all went inside me. 
And oh, I forgot to tell you this part. So she, we took a plan B, right? She yeah. wanted to take a plan B, and I saw her take it. It wasn't one of those things like, oh, I'll take it when I get home. She took it in front of me, and like, because she didn't want a kid either. Yeah. So she still gets pregnant, whole thing. So I told the OBGYN when, you know, we, when uh, Jasmine was three, four months pregnant, I told the OBGYN, like, hey, you know, like, we had taken a plan B. Like, she wanted to make sure you know. And she was like, oh, wow. She's like, and you still got her pregnant? I said, yeah. She said, oh, your, your sperm must travel fast then. And I said, yeah, it's interesting you say that. I said, because I had gotten a girl pregnant four years ago, my girlfriend, and she had also taken a plan B, and she was on birth control, and she got pregnant. And she said, well, that's interesting. And I said, yeah. She said, have you ever gotten your sperm checked? And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, have you ever gotten it analyzed? And I said, I have not. She goes, oh, well, you should go do that. Go take a look at that because, you know, the, um, there's just, you know, you should, should look at it. So I said, okay. So I went and I, I told them and they said, okay. So I looked at my, they, you know, I just, I fucking, you, you ever done this? No. I just jerked off into a cup and I, you know, and then gave it to them. And then... Two weeks go by. They call me. So your results are in. Come in. The doctors want to talk to you, which I said is fine. Normal. I wasn't nervous at all. I go in waiting. They put me in the office. Three doctors come in, one of them with a clipboard. So I was like, oh, boy. And they're standing. Nobody's sitting. They're standing. Yeah. And then they said, uh, they said oh, your results are in. I said, is, is everything OK? Because then I got nervous. They're like Everything's fine. It's like, we just want to ask you a couple of questions. I said, OK. So they said, um, where were you born? And I said, uh, I was born at St. John's Hospital, Queens, New York. They said, are you sure? And I said, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what my mom told me. And they said, okay. They said, well, um, do you want to, can you verify that with your mom? And I was like, sure. And they were waiting. They're like, no, right now. And I was like, okay. So I call my mom and I'm like, mom, where was I born? She was like, St. John's Hospital, Queens, New York. And I was like, Are you promise? And she was like, yes, I promise. Like, I have your, of course. So I said, okay. So I said, the doc, I said, she says it's 100% verified. She has proof of it, birth certificate. I said, okay. They said, well, you have three times the amount of sperm in every whatever word they used. I mean, they were saying load, but yeah. whatever. They used like a science term. They're like, in every load, they were like, you have three times the amount of sperm as a normal man. They said, and we only see stuff like that in men who are born near nuclear reactors. Said so. We just wanted to know if you were born anywhere near Chernobyl or any type of any Russian nation that may have a nuclear reactor. If you were adopted, because then we see it and it makes sense. And I was like, no, I was born in New York. And they were like, okay. They were like, well, they were like, well, then we we want to do some tests. So what they what they found out was this thing is called my Cowper's gland, and it's what basically makes your sperm and shoots it out i have a very big cowper's gland just genetic because at first they thought like is there a tumor is there something going yeah. on why are you producing so much sperm they wanted to get to the bottom of it so they're like you have a very big cowper's gland so what my what my kind of thing is what my catch 22 is i have the doctor said to me like this did if you want to get if, if you're with a woman your wife or whatever and she wants to get pregnant you're the guy you're the guy because you shoot out a lot of sperm i got a big gun <laughs> The issue with that is you take a long time to fill up. So if you're looking for just a few sex with a woman casually, few, sec, you, you're not a guy who can do sex two to three times a night. And this thing will get it, it'll get longer as you get older. So that was four years ago. I could have sex maybe once every two days. Now, if I have sex, I can't have sex again for about five days. <laughs> I'm about a five day fill up right Why? now. Why? Yeah, because my Cowper's gland is so big and motility and your sperm as you get older just starts to get less and less. But in five days... 
So I gotta wait. I can have sex right now, or, or, or like if I'm gonna have sex with a woman, I can't jerk off for about two weeks. I just can't. I have to be fully loaded. So when I, or else it's just I'm not gonna be. There's gonna be nothing. It's not gonna work. So if I want to have sex with a girl, I have to wait five days. And if she wants to get pregnant, he told me. The doctor told me this. He said if she is, you know, midway through her period. I'm sorry, midway through her ovulation, ovulating cycle with the egg is at the lowest, and you're at, at a, have a full Cowper's gland five, seven days after your previous ejaculation, he told me I have an 80 to 90% chance of getting the woman pregnant. Really? And he said those, those, those odds will stay somewhere like that until I'm in my 40s. So he said, if you want to have children, you're a guy, obviously barring any injury or anything like that, you're a guy who can get women pregnant. So you're the guy. He said, but if you're looking for casual sex, you're not the guy. So, so that so that's, you just don't jerk off anymore. No, I, 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 dude, I'm telling you, man, I don't. I probably, I think I banged out a few days ago. I banged one out. I jerked off, and then yeah, I'm not like I'm not even horny. Like I'm not. That's what I'm saying, man. I have sex with him, but I can fall in love with a guy because I just got no. You know, like what am I going to talk to you about? I can't have sex with you anymore. So it's like it's what it is. But like you, like I'm, we've been talking. I don't even know where the time has fucking went. Dude, if I had a Pinot yeah. Grigio and a Claritin D right now, I'd suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, anytime I take an antihistamine and have alcohol, I get fucking ripped. If you want to see me get like shit faced and fall in your pool, yeah. give me a antihistamine. Give me an antihistamine and a white wine. I just, I there's this <laughs> stuff called maca, right? Oh yeah. And so I we were in uh, we were in Vancouver the other day. Yeah. And me and Jesus and my wife go to yeah. get go to we went to go buy shoes for one. Because my wife told me my shoes were distracting on stage. And <laughs> That's I was such like, a wife thing to say. I go, why would you tell me yeah. that now? She goes, they're just distracting. You need new shoes. I listened to her too, yeah. So so we go to get shoes. And then we're like, hey, you want to get something to eat? And Jesus is like, there's a health food store right next door. Let's go get some green teas. Yeah. We'll get some green juices and yeah. we'll feel healthy. I yeah. said, great. So I said to the guy, we're waiting for him to make our juices. I go, hey, what's, uh, what's something in here that I don't know about that's really great? Yeah. He goes, maca. I said, really? He goes, yeah. Get maca. I said, really? Yeah. He's definitely. Yeah. I said, okay. So I grabbed some maca. <laughs> I put it on the counter. And he rings it up. I pay for it. And he's like, you're going to love this stuff. <laughs> I go, really? He goes, yeah. It gets you so horny. I go, I don't need that. <laughs> you're in public. I don't need to take something on the road. That just gets me horny as fuck. That's the last thing. I need, I, need, I need something to kill it. Yeah. And he, but it's like, what a weird thing to sell another man. <laughs> gonna get you so fucking horny. Did you, were you dying laughing when he said that? I was. It was me and Asus. <laughs> and he's telling me that I need something to get me horny. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm looking for energy, asshole. Uh, uh, I, I was, that's why I have a bunch of maca. Maca, you just I'm get gonna, horned up. I'm gonna put it in a shake for my wife tonight and see if it works. <laughs> it will work. Just fucking oh. bang out, yeah, dude. Oh, oh how do your ribs feel? You all right? I gotta fucking go get a massage now. I don't know if the all massage right. is good though. Well, it. It, it depends. Do you know what ribs are broken by any chance? I don't know. I think are you positive they are broken? You no, got an I'm not, X-ray and I'm everything? Not okay, you're not positive. I'm not positive. I, I, in all honesty, so what happens? I landed on my fist. I, I was snowboarding, right? And I landed on my fist. I knocked the wind out of myself. Okay. And so then, I, I, they felt fine. And then Georgia, my oldest, had to learn how to slide for base for softball. So I took her in the front. I made a slip inside, and I slid a few times okay. to teach her. And I feel like that kind of fucked up my ribs, mm -hmm. and it kind of jarred them. The next morning, I woke up and my tit hurt. And I went on a long walk. I came home. 
flew out, woke up that morning to go on the road, and my yeah. my chest, like I was short of breath, my chest was hurting, and so like I was just like, it was yeah. fine, and then I, I woke up the next day on the road, and I performing, it was painful as fuck. Really? There was searing pain in my back, and in my tit, yeah, and it was just like it was, it hurt so bad. Do you feel like the pain has gotten less now, or is it still the same? It's gotten less. Are you taking pain medication? Is that no, why? Or I ha- just I've been taking Advil. Okay, but uh, I didn't take it today. But it's it's getting less. I couldn't get up out of bed. It felt like there was literally a pain inside my chest. Right, like some sort of a hernia. And where like any position would not alleviate the pain. You were just in pain. No, 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 no. Uh, no, if I laid in the bed, it was fine. Right. Um, but like I was, we went to Staples and. Right. We, I was in so much pain that I was like, I need to get a massage now. Right. And then Leanne just kind of, it was my back, my back knotted up. Right. So then the next day I felt better and they had this sports therapist come in and give me a really aggressive massage on my back and on my tit. Right. And it made it, it made it worse. Yeah. And so then. Just be careful. Yeah. Because sometimes with broken ribs, like the best course of medicine is to do truly nothing, not even touch them. So just let the masseuse know what it is. Cause, yeah. I mean, because sometimes when you break your ribs or hurt yourself at all, different muscles around your body get tight to prevent, you know, because they don't want any more damage to, to the part that's damaged. So that's why muscles that's get tight. That's what's happening in my back, that, I think. So then maybe that, that would be okay, but you just be careful. And if, it, if you feel like intense pain, like not massage pain where it's like that feels, that hurts a little bit, but it's a good hurt. Like I'm talking about like sharp, yeah. 10 out of 10, 8 out of 10 to 10 out of 10 sharp pain, stop immediately. Really? You have to stop immediately. Yeah, broken ribs, they're not, it's not that it's dangerous, but they, they won't heal unless, like nothing can happen. Like yeah. nothing, you can't touch them. They just have to get blood supply and they have to heal on their own. Yeah, I've, I've, well, I'm going snowboarding in like two weeks with Ari. Yeah. And so I'm, I just want him to get healed to the point like well, I went snowboarding that. the very next day, yeah. which probably wasn't a great idea. I mean, you know, again, we're fucking living our lives. I told you, you're here for we're here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, it's what it is. Why do you want to be here till you're ninety? Fuck, go out. I, well, I wouldn't mind being here till I was ninety. Till you're ninety? Yeah, I'd love to see what that looks like. I guess. Yeah. Do you know how racist I'll be when I'm ninety? Oh my god, that'd be great. I'd love to see ninety year old Bert. Just anything I'd say is going to be so out of bounds of what you could say say my friend was italian whoa 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 <laughs> we don't know recognize different nomenclatures of yeah ethnicity <laughs> yeah oh my what were you born in the 80s in the <laughs> 70s 70s yeah i bet you probably say you're straight i do you're not straight you're non-binary confrontational <laughs> yeah. figuration and you'd be like shut up you homo god damn <laughs> They would blow their brains out. Ah! Dude, this has been a great fucking Thank episode, you, brother. man. Thank I've, you so much. How much have we done? Over an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, is that too nice. long? Is that good? That's perfect. Yeah, perfect. That's, like, that's the perfect spot for these podcasts. Hour and a half, hour 40, yeah. Hour 40. You get, when you get, I've done long ones and people just, I think. They start to tune out at the end. I think, yeah, it's got to be over an hour. That's the mandate yeah. with my fans. Because they yeah. go, if it's not an, an, over an hour, they must have not gotten along. What are we doing? Right. Yeah. Right. But uh, so right. the special airs. Uh, Friday, January 18th. I don't know when this comes out. What's uh, what's today? Today's uh, Tuesday, January. The 50th? Yeah. So it's this weekend? Yeah. It comes out today. Comes out today? Yeah. Oh, great. Post this today? Uh, next week. No, no. Well, the special comes out. Can we get it up tonight? Sure. 
Yeah, yeah. We'll so post it now. Friday, January eighteenth. That's this Friday. That's this Friday. Yeah, we'll post it today. Comedy Central, size thirty-eight waist, eleven p.m. And then you could stream it on their app or comedycentral.com. And my podcast, History Hyenas. <laughs> Check it out. We got an Instagram. It's fucking wild. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Thank you so much, man. This has really dude, been. You're dope. a great guy, love and, you, and I, I love, dude. This is the best part of this having this podcast. Yeah, is getting to hang out with you, like just hang out. Yeah, dude, that's the hardest I've laughed for the beginning great. of a podcast. Beautiful. I'm ever, happy, man. Ever. I'm gonna kiss you on the lips after this. <laughs> I w- let's do it in front of my wife. See if it turns her on. Yeah, I pour got some maca in her. Put the maca on my lips. Awesome, man. Thank right. you. Love. This episode was brought to you by the Machine.